I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Pin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to PinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word Sid. And now, a man who got not one, but two shout-outs from Donald Trump on Saturday night at Cipriani Wall Street. He's Sid Rosenberg. You know that, Sid, right? There is a slight difference. If you want, we can talk about it, but let's not bore the audience. And this... I could be indictment-proof right now. I don't think they can do it, Sid. I don't think they can do it. ...is Sid and Friends in the Morning. In Washington on Capitol Hill, Republicans in the House voting to begin a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The next step follows the years-long scrutiny of the president and his family of high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, Democrats calling the move an extreme political stunt that has no credibility and no legitimacy. The same day that Hunter Biden showed up on Capitol Hill, not to testify, but to blast Republicans for what he said were attacks on him to embarrass and damage his father. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. Hunter Biden arriving on Capitol Hill not to appear in a closed-door deposition, as he was subpoenaed to do, but offering again to testify in a public hearing. There is no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. As you know, Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and so I certainly would refer you to his representatives. Um, Look, you know... um, The president was certainly familiar uh, with what his son was going to say. And I think what you saw was from the heart from uh, his son. And you've heard uh, you've heard me say this. You've heard the president say this Uh, when it comes to the president, the first lady. They are proud of him uh, continuing to rebuild his life. They are proud of their son. Let's turn out of the White House, where President Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with several family members of Americans being held hostage by Hamas. The two-hour meeting was the president's first face-to-face encounter with families of Americans being held hostage in Gaza. We could have no better friend uh, in Washington or in the White House than President Biden himself and his administration. But little is known about the state of those still being held. Was the president able to share anything about their condition. We're going to keep the the content of the conversation private. The White House says there are eight Americans still unaccounted for, including Americans still being held hostage. It is believed 135 total hostages of varying nationalities remain in Gaza. The meeting came a day after the president, for the first time publicly since the Hamas attacks, questioned Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu saying he has to change as Israel's coalition government is making it difficult to establish a Palestinian state. No. Mr. Biden also said Israel is losing global support for its indiscriminate bombing of Gaza. Attacks deemed indiscriminate are usually considered violations of international law. But did he misspeak yesterday when he said that uh, Israel was carrying out indiscriminate 
attacks. The president speaks and has spoken in about our concerns over civilian casualties in Gaza and about urging our Israeli counterparts to be more careful and more deliberate. In Israel, Netanyahu defiantly said we are continuing until the end, adding in the face of international pressures, nothing will stop. Third down and seven. Play action from DeVito. End zone. Catch is made. Let people run with whatever they want to run with. I didn't leave home till I was 28, and I bought my house that I live in before I owned DeVito Plumbing because me and my wife both stood home and saved money. It's just a smart thing to do. And as Italians, I never want my kids to leave. I mean, it's really not only an Italian thing. We're the happiest when they were coming home from college. The house is full of life when they're home. The dynamics are great. We bust each other's chops all day long. And it's just great to have them home. What parent wouldn't do that? If they really knew Tommy, he is borderline OCD on his preparation for the day. Everything's on the magic marker board, time. He's so independent. Lived alone for six years. When he was coming home, I said, we don't know what city you're going to play in. Of course, you're going to stay here right. and then see where the chips fall. Sure. And right now, it's rock star life for him. Awesome. His head's spinning around on the swivel that he needs our family more than ever. And credit to his brother has been his right-hand man through everything, and my wife as well. Blame's the one before, and all of their frustrations come beating on your door. I know that I'm a prisoner to all my father household gifts. I know that I'm a hostage to all his hopes and fears. I just wish I could have told him in the living years. Say it loud. Say it loud. Say it
the great Mike Rutherford, of course. A lot of you know Mike Rutherford from the great group Genesis. Phil Collins and at one point even uh, Peter Gabriel, who I love, was with Genesis. The Living Years, right after you heard the cuts from Tommy DeVito Sr., who was actually on this show yesterday, thanks to our dear friend Pete Morgan. Turns out Tommy DeVito Sr. owns DeVito Plumbing. You guys know that already. And he's a big-time plumber, and he only deals now, I guess, with peerless boilers. So it turns out that I've been doing peerless boilers commercials, as I told you yesterday, a bunch of times for the better part of 25 years on WFAN in New York and and other teams as well carry my spots. The Rangers in uh, ESPN here in New York, the Patriots and Bruins in Boston. I do peerless border spots for all of them, thanks to Pete Morgan. Pete Morgan and I have a um, long, 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 very, very close friendship. That's why he's here at WABC. If I left tomorrow, he'd be gone. He's that, uh, he's that loyal of a guy. So DeVito now doing the peerless borders commercial because he installs those boilers. And so he's gotten funny with Pete. So Pete actually booked him for the show yesterday, and uh, he was answering a question I asked him on the show yesterday, which is people like to give his son a hard time because Tommy DeVito still lives at home. And you're not going to find a lot of examples of guys who are starting quarterbacks in the National Football League, let alone guys that come off the NFC Offensive Player of the Week, uh, 3-1 and one as a starter, Three consecutive wins. He's the darling of the NFL. If you go to Instagram this morning, Tommy DeVito is everywhere, and he still lives at home. His mom makes his bed. His mom does his laundry. She makes him chicken cutlets. I call him Tommy Cutlets. So I asked his father about that. You heard the answer. Why not? Right? The guy's uh, preparing for games. His brothers are here. They help him. I help him. My wife helps him. Why not? And I thought the answer uh, was right. But really why I played that in that song this morning is because today, Lou Rafino and um, Noam Layden, you got to fix this microphone. It's annoying me. i got to lean over. I hate that. So if it's not fixed in the next 10 minutes, I'm going home. Okay. I don't care. Damn it. Where the hell is Dan Herschel? <laughs> we can wake him up. Wake his ass up. I'm sick of this microphone. It's the same damn thing for years. Oh, there it is. Okay. Now I fixed it. Be quiet. Don't curse. I came on the air, stupid. You moron. God. Don't say the F word. It comes on the air, dummy. So anyway, the reason why um, I played the DeVito cut in that song was, God, he's so stupid. Um, Father's son is the theme of today's show. You like that, Noam? I do. All right. Let me tell you why. There are three different father-son combinations that we're going to talk about for the next four hours. One you just heard, Tom DeVito Sr. and his son, Tommy DeVito, now the rock star Cedar Grove, New Jersey quarterback of the football giants. Secondly, me and my son, because as I told you yesterday, last night I went and lit the largest menorah in the world, in the world, right outside the Plaza Hotel, which is still gorgeous. You know, I went inside because I was cold, 
and I got to the menorah lighting too early. So I went inside the Plaza Hotel, kind of walked around, sat in the lobby. That is a gorgeous hotel. I mean, gorgeous. We had two or three events last night, and um, and then they actually shut it down to folks that wanted to just walk in from the street. They had to have a room key. But, man, is that a beautiful hotel. So I got there early, and uh, eventually I did light the menorah, which was great. Rabbi Butman, as always, a magnificent job. And lots of Jews out there last night, Noel Layden. Curtis Saliwa showed up. Suzanne Miller, she showed up. And no issues. No pro-Palestinian animals. None of those jerk-offs. I was ready to fight. They did not show up. So because I went to the menorah lighting, I missed my son Gabriel's first ever high school basketball game. He's on the JV team. He's only a freshman, not on varsity yet. But from my son, A, to play basketball last summer for St. Francis, for Brian Mullen, that was a big enough miracle. Now, to make his high school basketball team, not only did he make the team, but he got big minutes last night. In fact, when they came out to start the second half, they started Gabe. Wow. That's Un- awesome. Uh, I mean, uh, unbelievable. Daniela is sending me pictures. I'm hysterical crying in his Winston prep uniform. He looks so great out there. And, yeah, Noam, he got the starting nod in the third quarter. Isn't that there's, amazing? There's nothing better. Nothing there, there, better. I mean, the, no pro sport, nothing comes close to when your kid gets out onto the court or the playing field, whatever it is. Especially when your kid is diagnosed as a little boy with dyspraxia. And the doctor says to me, listen, he'll walk because he couldn't walk. He was already like two years old. He'll walk. That's the good news. The bad news is he'll never hit 300 or score 30 points in a game. You know this story. I've told it a million times. I wanted to punch a doctor right across his epping face. My wife loves this. Oh, listen, leave him alone. At least at least he diagnosed him correctly. And she's right about that. Because we went from doctor to doctor, hospital to hospital. No one knew what the problem was. So this guy did diagnose him correctly and that didn't mean a lot to us but his bedside manner blows a big one so for my son who does have a quote-unquote physical disability to go and play high school basketball and start in the second half is a minor miracle so you've got the devitos his son is a quarterback for the giants you got the rosenbergs my son is now a big-time high school basketball player And then you got the Bidens, whose son is a complete scumbag. But at least it's his son, so. And as Corrine Jean-Pierre said, they're very, very proud of him. You heard that nonsense? Biden has said it time and time again. Corrine Jean-Pierre has said it time and time again. A guy that has uh, put together multiple videos, which we all saw, Rudy Giuliani, and I forgot the guy's name. He's got three names. The computer guy of Hunter Biden smoking crack, banging assorted hookers from Eastern European countries. At the very, very least, if he didn't do it, if he didn't do it, uh, the odds seem to go against him with overwhelming evidence that he's taken money for doing nothing other than having the name Biden from some of our biggest enemies. He is a low life. I've had drug problems. I've had drinking problems. I have not been an angel in my life. But I got to tell you, compared to Hunter Biden, I'm Mother Teresa. So to hear Corrine Jean-Pierre and Joe Biden talk about how proud they are of his son is a complete 
Why? Of course you love your child. My son Gabe can go out and rape and pillage, and I'll say he's innocent. That's how parents are. It's called denial. It's called love. But like my dad, my dad loved me as much as any father would ever love any son. But when he came to visit me in Warnersville, Pennsylvania, or Boca Raton, Florida, in rehab, he wasn't walking around going, I'm so proud of Sydney," And he loved me to death. So stop the nonsense. This guy's on the hill yesterday, skipping depots. His face is everywhere for assorted crimes. And I got to hear Corrine Jean-Pierre tell me how proud the Bidens are of their son. By the way, he's not even Dr. Jill's son. Because his mother, tragically, his real mother, was killed with his little sister in a car crash. And he can't stand Jill Biden. That's a fact. So they're proud of him. Maybe Joe is that bumbling old fool, but Hunter can't stand Jill Biden. So if you missed it, here was Corinne Jean-Pierre saying how proud the president was and is of his son Hunter, cut number one. As you know, Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and so I certainly would refer you to his representatives. Um, Look, you know... um, The president was certainly familiar uh, with what his son was going to say. And I think what you saw was from the heart from uh, his son. And you've heard uh, you've heard me say this. You've heard the president say this. Uh, When it comes to the president, the first lady, they are proud of him uh, continuing to rebuild his life. They are proud of their son. Sure they are. So here's uh, Hunter Biden yesterday during the presser. And he says, basically, all this is is a witch hunt. Right, we know Donald Trump, that's a real witch hunt. The Democrats are doing that to my friend Donald. He claims the Republicans are doing it to him. Hunter Biden, Lewis, cut number eight. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith, and their colleagues have distorted the facts by cherry-picking lines from a bank statement, manipulating texts I sent, editing the testimony of my friends and former business partners and misstating personal information that was stolen from me. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over (laughs) and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life. So much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. Sure. No matter how many times it is debunked, they continue to insist that my father's support of Ukraine against Russia that's right. is the result of a non-existent bribe. The big guy. Yeah, that's They him. displayed naked photos of me oh. during an oversight here. Well, who took those, idiots? And they have taken the light of my dad's love. Yeah. The light of my dad's love for me. Right. And presented it as darkness. Yeah, well. They have yeah. no shame. All right. Thank you. Uh, by the way, your father's an asshole. Here is uh, Hunter Biden, number nine. <laughs> just wanted to let you know. Yeah, just wanted to let you know. Your father's an asshole. Uh, number nine, where Hunter Biden talks about, well, I'm not going to the depot because I want this to be out in the open. Hunter Biden, cut number nine. These same committee chairmen have engaged in unprecedented political interference in what would have already been a five-year investigation of me. Yet... Here I am, Mr. Chairman, taking up your offer. When you said we can bring these people in for depositions or committee hearings, whichever they choose. Well, I've chosen 
I am here to testify at a public hearing today to answer any of the committee's legitimate questions. Republicans do not want an open process where Americans can see their tactics, expose their baseless inquiry, or hear what I have to say. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. You're so ready you didn't do it. So before we get to know him. Well, at least he didn't sound like he was reading. <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. So my friend, uh, Nancy Mace, I'm still friends with Nancy. Yes, she was, um, I guess, one of the traitor eights, according to Newt Gingrich, alongside Matt Gates. I got Kevin McCarthy ousted. But um, she's going through a very, very tough time. All people out there know is her and her fiancé broke up. They don't know why. I know why. But I'm not going to talk about it. But at any rate, Nancy Mace was standing right next to Jim Comer yesterday doing these hearings. And uh, she says what I've said about three times already this morning. Hunter, you're a liar. Nancy Mace, cut number 10. Well, some of what he said, that we've impugned his character. The only person who has impugned Hunter Biden's character is Hunter Biden himself. He accused us of lying. The only people who've been lying throughout this whole thing, this whole episode, has been Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, and the Joe Biden White House. And, you know, I was just stunned to see my colleagues this morning Democrats on the left who uh, who enforce subpoenas against Republicans in recent years, therefore going forward today and defending, defying a subpoena, a congressional subpoena today, because the guy's last name was Biden. All I see are hypocrites on the Hill. And Martha, I'm one of the few Republicans up here who has uh, voted to hold Republicans in contempt when they don't follow through with a congressional subpoena. And all I'm seeing is hypocrisy and lies today. So that's the question. Nancy Mays talking to Martha McCallum. That was courtesy of Fox News. The House GOP members, including Nancy right there, are talking about holding Hunter Biden in contempt because he skipped the depot yesterday. And uh, although my wife, Danielle, beautiful, is a great lawyer, I'm not. Noam, can they do that? Will they do that? What's at stake here? Oh, yeah, they're definitely going to do it. Uh, Two House Republican chairs said they would initiate contempt proceedings um, maybe as soon as today. Oh, as soon as today. Yeah, I mean, then give us a timeline, but they immediately after that press conference, these two House chairs that are looking into this uh, impeachment inquiry no. said, yeah, no, we were going to initiate contempt proceedings to get Hunter Biden because he failed to appear. You know, Marjorie Taylor Greene, I know a lot of folks don't like her, and somebody yesterday accused me. Oh, Peter King. Peter King yesterday during a great, great on your conversation, <laughs> accused me of basically being in that camp. Matt Gates, Chip Roy, Marjorie Taylor Greene, all the psycho Republicans. And I'll take that. I'll take that over any Democrat any day of the week. So MTG's got a new book coming out. And uh, Sergio Gore, who's become a dear, dear friend of mine, he's the reason why Trump was on last time. He's the book publisher, Judge Deneen, Carrie Lake, Donald Trump, MTG. He uh, called me a couple of days ago and said, do you want MTG next week? And I said, sure, why not? And she was out there yelling and screaming like Nancy Mace yesterday once again to hold Hunter in contempt because he's a liar. This is MTG Lewis, cut number two. Forward, follow the process uh, for contempt of Congress, um, which absolutely should be done. Hunter Biden refusing to show up today is unacceptable. President Trump's own children set for hours and hours, seven, eight, nine hours each of them, um, uh, in front of Democrat-led committees 
why why is it a double standard for the Biden family? Um, Hunter Biden clearly is trying to hide and cover up the money laundering and the abuse of power that he and his father are guilty of uh, by not refusing to show up today, as well as Man Act violations, which I had specific questions for him on those issues that we have evidence on. There you have it, Marjorie Taylor Greene. So it's clear Republicans, and I'm one of them, convinced Hunter Biden is a lying, filthy scumbag and should go to prison. And uh, he and some of his Democrat friends, friends, I should say, continue to lie for him. A big, big show, folks. Oh, talking about Mike Rutherford and Genesis, one of my favorite Genesis songs. Jennifer Harrison, Curtis Sliwa, Andrew Napolitano. Michael Rappaport, live from Israel. Bill O'Reilly and Joe Beningo, all stopping by today. It's Thursday with Sid. time inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over 600 each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply 
If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at info at gabolaw.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. Already off to a great start. Jim Kerr, who? Who's Jim Kerr? 34 minutes in, you got Michael Rutherford, Genesis, and this classic, Limelight, by Rush. Now, give me some more of this. Kick some ass on a Thursday. Let's do this. Tonight, I have to make my way to Woodbridge, New Jersey. I really have no idea, Lewis, how far Woodbridge, New Jersey, is from where we live. I got a surprise. I got a surprise for you, actually. There about that. I think I might be going. Swear to me. I swear. I told Lisa I would shoot pictures. Are you being serious? No, I just made that up. No, then then, then, then you're going to save me like 400 bucks. Yeah, but I don't know if I we're going to be around together when to get there. I could we could go home together. Oh, you're coming late. Well, no, but I'm not coming from Rockaway. You're going to see your Gumada in Brooklyn again? Yes. It's uh, Thursday. You know that day. Yeah, I know. Thursday, Gumada Day in Brooklyn. It's like Prince Spaghetti Day. 
Yeah. Uh, listen, whatever you are doing this afternoon, well, we'll not to be a dick here, but you got to find a way to come get me at the house. I don't care what you're doing. <laughs> There's no way I'm going to spend a couple of hundred bucks to go to Woodbridge, New Jersey, if well, you're going. Well, what, we live what, eight blocks away from each other. What was the plan before I interjected? I was going to have Levi drive me out there, and that was going to be a lot of money, which is going to hmm. dip into the money I'm making tonight. Hmm. You know, look, I mean... <laughs> I love Lisa Orban. She's great. I love sales. I love this station. Okay, uh, if I get if I if I if I criticize one little thing, they 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 set me on fire. They get nuts. <laughs> they got to stop doing that. Okay, this is radio. That's how it works. We bitch about stuff. The guys out of the old time greats bitch. That's what we do. So if you're gonna have a a uh, an appearance out in New Jersey, now she got me a, a nice amount of money, so I'm not complaining. But make sure I'm able to get back and forth. How the hell am I getting to Woodbridge, New Jersey from Queens without spending 300 bucks on an Uber? So now I'm not going to spend it because you're going to take me. So. But we'll, we'll figure out details. We'll have to so go, I'll, I'll, I'll meet you at your girlfriend's house. <laughs> <laughs> you're Avenue really, P and Ocean Avenue. Okay, you really made this easy for me today, i got to tell you. <laughs> I appreciate you it. never should have told me you were coming. No, I, I, I still make rookie mistakes from time to time. <laughs> right. And if you just showed amazing. up there, I would have been so happy to get a lift home. It would have been great. But now if you I don't know. take now, me, now I'm going to resent you. Yes. We actually have one more gift card to give away today. Yeah. To uh, one more lucky winner. Well, maybe that person will take me. No. I if I'm giving you 100 it. bucks to go. They probably live in Woodbridge already. Well, Where is Woodbridge? Sure no, so. Seriously, what's like the nearest... Well, it's on the other side of Staten Island, actually. So, so is it one of the closest New Jersey towns? Yeah, from what I see. I mean, yeah. even well, no might be able to know more. He's a Jersey No, what do you guy, know but, about that? Yeah, well, he's not, in Jersey City, though. Yeah, it's not that far. I mean, from you, it's not that far. But you live in Jersey. I do. Yes, but it's, see, getting home from there is not so, you got to get through Staten Island, and then we're practically... Oh. Oh, you know, I'm, hey, listen! You, you, I'm not getting your money. So. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was asked. You know, but I, I see, but, not everything in life is about money. Oh no, that's true. What, what I mean, I, I almost, <laughs> you know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> but, Have a holly jolly Christmas. What that says, traffic with Joe Nolan is coming up next. Crap! Are you kidding me? Look, Joe, where's the next T-shirt? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you. Everything's not about money. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get. Be quiet. I gotta get to Joe Nolan. He's gonna tell me how to get there. He's coming up in two minutes. But it's time now for the seventy-seven WABC minicast clip of the day. Get the whole story in under ten New York minutes. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and get the max out of mini. Today's minicast is from Katz and Cosby. My guy John Katz Matidis and Rita Cosby. Here they talk with. One of my favorites, maybe the only, the only common sense Democrat alive today. That's New York City Councilman Robert Holden. And here they're talking about e-bikes in New York City. It would make a difference on with the scooters because you have no idea who these people are. Right. You, and it's a wild west out there. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> so we have no idea. They hit people all the time, every day. Uh, and it's been going on for now a couple of years. And... We don't know who they are, like you said. So I'm my bill seven five eight in the New York City Council, which which was introduced in October of last year. By the way, I got thirty two sponsors. You know, a good majority of the New York City Council. That means it'll pass, but I can't get a hearing. This is Sid on sports. Oh my goodness! 
Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Justin Alec here with your bottom of the hour sports update. Sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best built boilers. Starting in the ice here in Elmont where the Islanders scrape past the Anaheim Ducks 4-3. to uh, They are 6-0-1 in their last seven games. I'll keep trying to uh, try to keep it rolling, I should say. Against the Bruins come tomorrow night. Speaking of those Bruins, the Devils put them away last night at home by a score of 2-1. to one. On the hardwood in Utah, the Knicks fell to the Jazz in a close one by a score of 117-113. to one. 13. Julius Randle had 32 points and 12 rebounds for New York, topping 30 points for the first time uh, for the third time, I should say, in his last four games. Jalen Brunson scored 23. Dante DiVincenzo added 20 for the Knicks, who have lost three in a row on the road and face four more road games on this current trip. They'll try and pick it up against the Suns, who they have uh, next in Phoenix tomorrow night. Speaking of those Suns, the Nets took care of them in Phoenix last night by a score of 116-112. to 112. They'll be right back at it tonight in an attempt to stay in the win column, tipping things off with the Nuggets in Denver at 9 p.m. Other news out of the NBA to get to uh, as well here. Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green has been suspended indefinitely by the league for striking Phoenix. Sun Center Yusuf Nurkic in the face during Tuesday night's game. The league announced yesterday Green received a flagrant foul two for striking Nurkic and was subsequently ejected for the third time this seeing this, this season. I should say this is already Green's second suspend, uh, suspension this year, and the league has stated that he will be required to meet certain league and team conditions. Before oh, just get rid of this guy. I know he's got. He's not that good of a player. No, he was okay a couple years ago. By the way. You look like a better player right. when you're playing with Stephen Curry and Kevin Durant in their prime. Of course. He's a troublemaker. He's Dennis Rodman light. Yes. And all he does is start bites. Yep. And he gets physical, which is not okay. Doesn't even average 10 points a game. He's a jerk. Yeah. Get rid of this guy. And then he lies and says it's unintentional. Right. He's a racist, I think, too. So. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not I, even sure I, that's true. But, well, you can just say it. Well, allegedly, uh, you know, anybody can say if, it. If he's going to lie, if he's going to lie, you're entitled to lie about no, him. Didn't I mean, he have an issue one time with a white player or something? Or well, I don't know. Well, maybe. Just get rid of this guy. Listen, it wouldn't. Support. He's an embarrassment. Adam Silver has no balls. Yeah, the uh, the NBA commissioner, he's got none. Yeah. All these commissioners, they all blow. Yeah. All of them. Man, in baseball. Uh, the guy in football, Goodell, is the worst. Yeah. Batman is okay. Oh, he's hockey. Just, just okay. Just yes. okay, but he's probably the best of the four. Mm-hmm. And if Gary Batman's the best of the four, you got a big problem. Big problem. Yeah. No. So, Dray- Draymond Green, come get the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Guy needs to be disciplined, for sure. And it is Thursday. That means a fresh week of NFL football set to get underway on Thursday Night Football Night. The L.A. Chargers will pay the Vegas Raiders a visit for an 8.15 p.m. kickoff. The Raiders head in as three-point home favorites there. That's sports sponsored by Pete Morgan and Peerless Boilers. Go to PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com to find a dealer near you. They're the world's best-built boilers, and I'm Justin Ellick on 77 WABC. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC.
I really believe this is one of the most underrated Billy Joel albums ever. 52nd Street, this is Stiletto, but you got this song, you've got Zanzibar, you've got Half a Mile Away. That's a great album. Stiletto right here, Billy Joel. We must be going to Long Island, and we are. Jennifer Harrison. You know, i got to get to, uh, remind me before I get to Jen, I believe that me and Danielle are going to have dinner with Dr. Ira and Lizzie Savetsky on Monday night. I believe that's the case. And uh, Lizzie did a whole thing on Taylor Swift, which caused a big fight in my house with my daughter, Ava. Ava loves Taylor Swift. And Savetsky uncovered that Taylor Swift went to some fundraiser for Gaza. And all the people involved are like Hamas, pro-Hamas people. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, no. Taylor Swift is now dead to me, Danielle, and Gay, but Ava is still making excuses for her. So I've got the whole audio from Lizzie Savetsky. It's very interesting stuff. But Jen Harrison, of course, is Victims' Rights New York. You know her story. Her boyfriend was murdered many, many years ago, and now she spends her days and nights when she's not being a mom to her beautiful son, J.J., who was in these studios just a couple of days ago. She's out there trying to help out folks like you who have not gotten the proper help from the city, the state, the federal government, she actually cares. Jen Harrison, good morning, Jen. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Sid? I'm doing good. Now, before we get to the story about your dad, which is a harrowing story, yesterday I kind of floated the idea with Arthur Idala, the back and forth, you know, Curtis Lee was contending that there was a meeting and Cuomo was ready to replace Eric Adams at any moment. Idala says, I spoke to Cuomo. Nothing could be further from the truth. I still believe Curtis, by the way. Uh, but at any rate, I floated the idea yesterday of uh, bringing Cuomo on, assuming, of course, that that coward would come on this show and talk to me. And I didn't help myself just now. I know that, but that's fine. Um, would you want to hear... Andrew Cuomo on this show, because nobody, including Curtis and maybe even Janice Dean, likes Andrew Cuomo less than you. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I would love for him to go on your show and answer some hard questions. And I know that you would be probably the only one that would, would ask him and wouldn't let him get away with the lies that he's been able to tell everybody else and, you know, call him out. He's the one that single-handedly destroyed our state and, and the city that I love so much. So, you know, over my dead body, will he become mayor or, or any, hold any political office ever again without having to answer the fact that, you know, he, all the crises that he claims that he's now our savior of, he actually created the mental health crisis. He's the one that closed down psychiatric facilities, the, which cre- helped create the homelessness crisis as well by, you know, releasing people through his corrupt parole board into the prison to shelter pipeline. He's the one that forced bail reform by refusing. He didn't just push it on us. He refused to sign a budget without bail reform. So he's the one that, that made New York a sanctuary city and, and a state that and, and passed the green light laws by giving illegals licenses and then automatically enrolling them to vote or registering them to vote unless they opted out and checked that box on their own. So everything that, that he that we're going through, he created and over my dead body said, so yeah, he's a coward. He's definitely not going to go on your show, but I, I would love for that to happen. Well done. Jen just explained uh, it all to you. It's shocking to me that as bad as Eric Adams has been, and I like Eric Adams as a person, but as bad as he's been, that what you just outlined is some really evil stuff. 
And some of the stuff that Eric Adams is, tr- is struggling with, direct result of what Andrew Cuomo did. Yet, yet these idiots in New York, these moronic New Yorkers, our people, the dumbest people on the planet, in the latest poll, two to one, would vote for Andrew Cuomo over Eric Adams. You believe that? It's, it's astounding. My, what short memories we have. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get to uh, to your dad, because you sent me a text, a harrowing story. First of all, uh, for you and your mom, I'm glad he's okay. I think he's okay. I'm glad he's yeah, okay. Yeah, thank God. Uh, thank God, okay. But the VA really did their best to kill your father. Tell us about the story. <laughs> so it, it was my birthday last week, who I happened to share a birthday with Andrew Cuomo. So, you know, I, I was going to... That, that, is still un- that is still unbelievable that nobody hates him, nobody more than you, and you have a birthday, which I did announce on the air last week, you and him. Yeah, you, you did. I think Curtis's tooth popped out, too. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, you know, I got a call from my mom on my birthday when she went to visit him. He was at the VA in North Port, Long Island, because my dad is a veteran. Um, and she said, you know, we almost lost him. And my heart just sunk. And I, you know, I started finding out exactly what transpired. And he had a, he went in the week before for what should have been a very, very simple procedure, a biopsy. And the surgeon that performed him, performed it, nicked him. Um, it was bleeding, which went undetected. He was let go, which it was an outpatient procedure. And then, uh, you know, I saw when he was, we, I lived with my parents because they helped me out with my son a lot. And um, nobody can afford to live on their own anymore as a single mother in New York, thanks to Cuomo and Kathy Hochul. And um, I saw the color draining from his face at the kitchen table. And I, I told him, I said, something's wrong. I think you're bleeding interna- internally. You need to go to the hospital. My dad's a, a tough guy and, you know, old school. He's, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. Well, he started leaking blood profusely, and he, he went to the emergency room. He wanted to go to the VA, which we all told him not to do because they have a very bad reputation. But he went there anyway. He's very stubborn. And he was admitted. They knew that he was bleeding somewhere. He couldn't have a colonoscopy to determine where the blood was coming from because he was on blood thinners. So they had to wait for that to get out of his system. And as there, as that's happening, he, you know, at night, Tuesday night, he felt like he had to go to the bathroom, but he also felt very dizzy. So he kept hitting the call button. Nobody was coming. Nobody came. How long did he hit that call button for when nobody came? Uh, I'm not sure. Probably like maybe a minute. Okay. Um, so he, which, you know, my dad, like I said, he's a tough, stubborn man. So normally he would just go by himself. So for him to even hit that call button meant that like something was seriously wrong. So he got up, went to the bathroom by himself and couldn't, he, a lot of blood came out all over the bathroom, couldn't even make it back to the bed. There was a chair by the door, by the hallway. So he, he just, he like sunk in the chair and started losing consciousness and started praying that somebody would come and find him. And it took a janitor minutes later um that thank god he walked by and found my dad and my dad said you know please get the nurse and then you know a couple of minutes later he all he knows it's like there are eight people working on him in a panic saying what do we do what do we do so it turns out that the the battery was dead in the call button and my father almost bled to death right there in the hospital in the Mm. va Mm. because of incompetence with the surgeon and he wasn't assessed properly when he was admitted i'm learning and because of equipment failure of a, a, a stupid little thing like a call button. And, you know, my dad was in the Army. He Thank God he played football. 
uh, for the Army, so he didn't get sent overseas or to war or anything. But, you know, the VA treats people that put their lives on the line um, to defend our way of life and our freedom. And the way that he was treated there, the way that my family was treated when we were asking questions is is really unacceptable. And I think that our veterans and people that fight for our freedom deserve a lot better. I know we've been talking about the VA for years. And I know that President Trump, for example, um, hired some fine people to run that. But that's really been a uh, an issue, a problem for many, many years. Yes. Yes. And it's gone extremely downhill from there. And my dad even said that, you know, everybody in that hospital said that things were a lot better under President Trump. And um, they they uh, sorry, I dropped something. They the morale <laughs> is low. The nurses hate living there. Uh, hate working there. Nobody wants to be there whatsoever. And they said 100 percent everything was much better under President Trump and that Biden really does not care about them. Unbelievable. Well, just another example why uh, our friend Donnie has to win in 2024. But uh, on a good note, your dad is okay. That's that's all I really care about. I know the VA has their issues, but your dad's okay, and uh, therefore you're okay, yes? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I plan on raising holy hell about this. I, I'm gonna, going to use my platform and my experience as an advocate to advocate for veterans and make sure that they have the utmost care that they deserve. Um, I really want to thank Rep- Congressman Andrew Garbarino's office for his their rapid response to this. I would like to thank the House Veterans Affairs Committee, Veterans Affairs Committee for their rapid response to this, and also Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee, who was on the Senate Veterans Affairs Committee um, for for her rapid response to this. And we're we're going to fight to make sure that our veterans are taken care of. So, what do you think about uh, your son JJ? There's a really cute picture of uh, JJ sitting in my chair with my headphones. I'm standing next to him on my Instagram. He's a really really cute kid. So, I guess a couple of days ago, he grabbed your phone. And he found my name in your contacts, and he started texting me as if he was you. <laughs> it was uh, very innocent, thank God, because he's a young kid. It was very, very cute. But what did you say to J.J. afterwards? Oh, no, I, I said that you texted him back, which was really cute. Thank you. I, you guys are buddies now. It makes him really happy. But we had a, a super day in the city that day. Um, thank you so much for your hospitality and, and treating him the way that you did. That that was the day after I found out what had happened with my dad. And, um, you know, my son didn't know. And uh, we, we really needed the distraction. We went on to, to film a documentary with Newsmax, and Rudy Giuliani was right before me, so he got to meet the mayor. And nice. I had an amazing picture with him. It was, it was an awesome day. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just really proud as a mom that um, he, he's smart the way that he is. And, uh, you know, he has a lot of respect for what you do. He has a lot of respect for uh, Mayor Giuliani. He knows exactly what he did. And um, he'll grow up voting Republican, thank God. Yeah, thank God. He's a smart kid. Rudy, uh, the latest that I just saw on TV, may in fact probably will testify today, something I did not think Rudy would do, but it turns out the news is reporting. Rudy Giuliani set to testify today, but uh, in terms of you and your dad and JJ, your mom and everybody, I love you all. Thank you for hopping on this morning, and uh, get to work. Make sure the VA gets better, okay? Oh, I I will. I plan on raising holy hell, so you know me. (laughs) Yes, I do. That's uh, Jennifer Harrison, folks. Victims' Rights, New York. That's a good woman right there. She's been through some horrendous, horrendous tragedy, but 
She is uh, doing great things with her life, besides being a terrific mom, to make sure that nobody has to go through what she went through the last 20 years. All right, that's only one hour in the books. It's already great. Get ready, folks. We got six unbelievable guests about to come your way, including the great Bill O'Reilly, Judge Napolitano, and a big-time actor, big-time, live on a kibbutz in Israel. All that's still to come. Hour two is next. accident. Trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you, but don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or Email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Entertaining and informative. Oh, you're my best friend. 77 WABC. Come on, man. Don't call it a comeback if you're Andrew Cuomo. Big, big guest list about to come your way. Of course, Curtis coming up now, but Judge Andrew Napolitano, Bill O'Reilly, Joe Beningo, and the actor Michael Rappaport live from a kibbutz in Israel coming up this morning. But don't call it a comeback makes sense because it looks like Andrew Cuomo is trying to make a comeback. And uh, we've heard rumors maybe run for senator against Gillenbrand, but he wouldn't win that. Run for president, he's got no chance. But mayor in New York City, at least according to a very recent poll, which Curtis was the first to share with us, he's doubling Eric Adams. And if the election was today, he would win easily. With that said, Curtis gets great ratings, the Rip and Weed, noon every weekday afternoon, overnight weekends, he does uh, the hosting, does great, and he's with me every single weekday morning here. Now, yesterday was a very dramatic day for Curtis because he started a whole thing. Artie Idala, the famed defense attorney, my attorney, but more importantly, my friend of 30 years. I love Arthur, love him. Artie contends that what Curtis said last week, which was there was a meeting at Junior's with my friend Frank Caroni, is my friend, and Frank Sadio, also my friend. And the meeting was about putting Cuomo in if, in fact, like Elliot Spitzer, Adams has to leave. And Idala said he had a phone call with the former disgraced governor, about 20 minutes, and nothing could be further from the truth. So who's lying? Andrew Cuomo and Audie Idala or Curtis Sliwa? Now, I don't want to use the word lie 
for my friends like Curtis and Artie. I don't care about Cuomo. But I'm on record saying this, and I'll say it again. I believe Curtis. And I believe that Curtis comes here this morning armed with written proof, with ammunition. With that said, here he is, the icon, the legend, Mr. Guardian Angel, my man Curtis Sleeve. Well, good morning, Kurt. See, the problem that your friend, Arthur Idala has is he doesn't have the high noon pressure over his head that I do each and every day. The agreement I have with our owner and operator, John Katsimatidis, you're privy to this, uh, Sid. If I'm wrong, I'm gone. Because every day people call up John and Chad Lopez and Margo and complain about me. You may as well add my name to the list, too. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they want me uh, to apologize, retract my statements. They want me suspended. They want me fired. One time Peter King marched in here with an army of Nassau County police. Curtis Leewards who discreate Seattle. Well, guess what? I was right. They were wrong. You haven't heard from them since. So the pressure is always on me because that's our agreement, handshake agreement. Curtis, you're wrong. You're gone. Because all these people give John Katsimatidis a cauliflower ear. Subject, Arthur Idala yesterday at the Police Athletic League luncheon uh, in which his partner, his law partner, was the keynote speaker. And all Artie could do all during the luncheon is basically natter away at John Katsimatidis. Why do you let this guy say these things? Why, why the most important radio station in the nation? In the world, and, and you're letting him just come on and spew this nonsense. I mean, at the whole luncheon, poor John couldn't even eat his salad, you know. <laughs> Arthur was like in his ear. Yeah. And then what uh, came about was the cut that Arthur Idella had with you. A cut with me. Yes. It's okay. not a chicken cutlet of that Mama Luke. We're going to get to him momentarily, Tommy DeVito. But, uh, Justin Ellis. Oh, hold on a second. You cannot call my friend, whether you're talking about the starting quarterback now, three straight wins of the football giants, or his great father, who gave us 20 great minutes on this show yesterday. Oh, Mama Luke, you just can't do that. Oh, absolutely. By the way. No, no, no. No, now, no. Now, so there's a great family. Now. This is a great Cedar Grove, New Jersey family, and one of the great football stories <laughs> ever. Come on, let me ask you this, Sid. Yeah. Uh, he's riding high in the saddle. Yeah. Uh, what happens if uh, a girl wants to sack out with him? Does does he bring his girlfriend home yeah. to mommy and daddy and say, you know, I got the urge to merge, so <laughs> it'll take me about five minutes, that's it, and then I'll get rid of her. I, I don't know. I didn't ask his father what that Mama yesterday. Luke? You're promoting <laughs> Mama Lucasism here. What kind of a man lives right. in home? Okay, fine. We'll get to Audio Dollar. I want to hear this. Okay, that's another Mama Luke. Oh, whatever his mother wants, his mother gets right. She's running up and down 3rd Avenue screaming at me, Why do you call Mario Como Mario Faccia Bruta Como? And then I say, Hey, for you, let me give the Mario salute. Mario, ascendame tu si u provienos fachim. And he is. Oh, and she goes absolutely <laughs> nuts. So your friend, Arthur Idala, has uh, become the person who carries the water for now. We see it's Eric Adams. Yeah, he had Bill de Blasio, too, don't forget. That's right. 
In fact, he ran fundraisers for Bill de Blasio to uh, elect him and reelect him into office. And now, Andrew Evilize Cuomo. I mean, that, that is not exactly the uh, the trifecta you want to win, is it? Now? No, no, but let's, no. Uh, look, <laughs> he, he's doing his job. He's a messenger boy. You know, he's the Paul Revere. Uh, yeah, yeah, boy. See, 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 I'm out there. I'm out there. Uh, you, you guys won't come on the air with Sid Rosenberg because he'll eviscerate you. But I'll carry the heavy water. Listen to what he said yesterday. Today. That's why I called Cuomo. That's why I talked to Sedio to come on your show to give your, your listeners a little dose of reality. And the dose of reality, in some I can summarize, is very simple. There was no meeting at Juniors. Uh-oh. There was no meeting Uh-oh. at Juniors. Yeah. Uh-oh. Uh, you don't want to believe me? How about the New York Post, December 5th? Yeah. In which they said on Sunday, Andrew Cuomo was spotted having lunch at Juniors Restaurant with former Brooklyn Democratic leader Frank Sedio. A source who forwarded a photo of the two said. Yeah, I've got the uh, the New York Post copy here right in front of me from December the 5th. And it does say that Cuomo has upped his public profile this year as he attempts to claw his way back to relevancy, hosting a podcast, speaking at churches, political clubs, and of course we put him on. And uh, like uh, Curtis said, I'll read it again. On Sunday, Cuomo was spotted having lunch at Junior's Restaurant with former Brooklyn Democratic leader Frank Sedio, a source who forwarded a photo of the two, said. So for what it's worth, and I've been saying this for two days, and I love Arthur. I love him. I really do. But ask me yesterday, who do I believe in this? You or Artie, I never even hesitated. Thank you. Thank I said you. you. And now the New York Post has confirmed what you said happens to be. True. I want Artie Idala's apology in triplicate. It's never going to happen. Uh, I want it written out in triplicate. No, it's not going to happen. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I, I, I want to give you some advice, my friend Sid Rosenberg. Listen, whoever comes to you with this idea of a Como interview, he is traditor. Don't forget that. That's Arthur Idala. Arthur Idala or Andrew Cuomo? No, that's Arthur Idala is going to try never, to negotiate he would, he this. He would never stab me in the He's back. He's going to try to negotiate this. I'm going to tell you one more time. Listen, Sid, whoever comes to you with this Cuomo interview, he is a traitor. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. Well, you have to understand that when I brought this up yesterday, I got a lot of pushback on social media. A lot of people were like, Sid, you're our hero now. We love you. Look at the ratings. Look at the love you're getting. You love Trump. You love everything right. You criticize Adams. You criticize Cuomo. If you put him on, then I'm going to be really angry. I got a lot of those yesterday. No, no, but no, you got to follow what Jen Harrison said. She's the number one hater of Cuomo. I'm number two. Well, you guys are like neck and neck. It's uh, it's like the marathon this year with the ladies. All three almost finished exactly the same time. Then Janice Dean, remember of yes. Fox News, that's There's three. three. Yes. Assemblyman Kim, the Democrat, that's oh, four. On Kim, yes. That's right. So the four of us uh, hate Cuomo with a passion. In fact, that's why everybody has to go to change.org and sign that petition I have up there to stop Cuomo from running for me. I'm going to have to talk to Jen Harrison about this. But we have to stop him in his tracks because the deal has been made. Arthur Idala, the deal has been made at Junior's. Your friend, Frank Sedio, was the negotiator. What it will be is if Eric Adams gets jammed up by the feds and it's increasingly looking more and more, he will. Give me the odds right now that, like Elliot Spitzer and others before him, 
Eric Adams is almost forced to leave that office. Yeah, well, look. Give me the odds. 70%, Andrew 80%. Andrew left the office. Yeah. Jim McGreedy left the office because right. they knew they were going to get hit with cr- criminal right. charges. So give me the odds that Adams leaves the same way. I'd say 75%. Wow, that's, that's high odds. That's, that's high. high. Yeah, but remember... I have sources, right? Right. Some of this I know inf- that. Some of this information, where do you think they got it from? Yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. I told you from the day that he was sworn into office, I would be all over this guy because I knew exactly who it is. So please, please. And by the way, today on the Rip and Read, you're not going to want to miss it. I happened to go into the kitchen yesterday, and I hear this screaming at the top of their lungs, Two Brooklyn folks, you have Suzanne Miller, the real estate woman, yelling and screaming, and he's yelling and screaming back. That's Anthony Weiner. Two Brooklyn folks. She's from Canarsie. He's from uh, Park Slope. What are they yelling about? About city issues. I'm going to play cuts of it this afternoon exclusively on the Rip and Read. Well, I, I got to imagine I wasn't there, but Suzanne Miller was on our side. Absolutely. And Weiner is on the other side. Oh, he was he was off the hook. Well, he's listen, he is... He, he talks about his show being middle ground, and, and I don't wish him bad, by the way. He's been on this show many times. He's actually a very, very good guest. He's a smart guy, but he's about as middle ground as O.J. Simpson is innocent. I mean, he is further to the left than Bernie Sanders. He can't get through one show on a weekend without bashing Donald Trump well, let me tell you and something. telling us how good the Democrats are. Let me are. tell you something. As you know, the good and the bad come out of Canarsie. There's uh, Suzanne Miller. <laughs> Keith Kantrowitz of Power Express. Oh, we love Keith Kantrowitz. Curtis Sliwa. And then the man who was coming home. Yesterday, you should have seen Sid. He was like in a scene of Home Alone 2, sitting there in the Plaza Hotel before the bucket went up, and he was going to light... And, and, and he actually did a great Kaddish. You should have seen Kaddish up there. You know, the prayer to the dead. It was wonderful. He had the torch in his hand. I had it. In fact, I give it to you. Baruch HaTan Denai. Yes. Elohinu Melech Olam. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it was amazing. in the cold. And uh, Rabbi Shmuley Butman, he had the torch. And I had the VO5 hairspray. <laughs> if those crazy Hamas supporters had shown yep. up. We would have turned that into a flamethrower. And what was funny was not only did none of those troublemakers, those pro-Palestinian animals show up, it was Jewish people that were annoying yesterday, not the pro-Palestinians. Oh, my God. Oh, there's two guys in particular. Oh, I had to deal with them while you were up in the bucket. <laughs> and by the way, how ironic it's going to be. Wrong way, Lou Rafino, after finishing with his Gumada on Gumada Thursday, <laughs> what was that, Avenue P in Brooklyn, uh, he's going to pick you up, take you to Woodbridge, out near the Rio Diner. That's where Bob Grant had some of the greatest radio programs of all time in Woodbridge. By the way, that's where uh, uh, the uh, aforementioned Jim McGreedy was the mayor at the time. You're going to be in Woodbridge, and I'm going to be in the Rockaways, the Irish Riviera. At the annual Rockaway Republican Club, Republican Club with Andrew Giuliani, and we're going to turn out the house, and I'm going to give an update on Floyd no, Bennett. I was at that. I know that uh, Mary Glynn, who was actually at the big Cipriani event with me and President Trump on Saturday, she runs the Rockaway Republican Club. Margaret Powers, who's married to uh, Paul King, a terrific guy, running once again against Gregory Meeks in 2024 in Queens. Both of those ladies are running that party tonight. So you and Andrew, have yourselves a good That's time. Right. And if anybody tries to keep me out, oh, no, no way. No. I'm coming, 
And you know me, I'm going to come with the plan of what we're going to do about Floyd Bennett Field now that it has reached the breaking point. And this week, we must talk about the return, Home Alone Part 3, of Anthony Centaur to Canarsie. Gemini Twins, why are they keeping Joey Test at Terminal Island in California and releasing the most psychotic of the two, Anthony Centaur, who probably wants to kill me? So we got to get down to the nitty-gritty before your week is over because I noticed you've been actually counting on the calendar days before you go on vacation like Anthony Centaur was counting days before he gets released in May from Canaan, Pennsylvania to come back and whack me. Oh, yeah, Sid Rosenberg. I noticed you've been avoiding talking about the Gemini twins, the return of psychomaniac killer Anthony Centaur, and why the Gemini twin partner, Joey Tester, who I grew up with, is still going to be locked up in Terminal Island. Entertaining and informative. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I'm watching a video right now that would make me hurl my breakfast. It is so disgusting. This despicable president of Harvard University, this animal, Claudine Gay, attended, you ready for this? The Harvard menorah lighting celebration last night. Why are they even lighting a menorah at Harvard? Where they've proven now beyond a shadow of a doubt that the faculty and a lot of the students hate people like me. Not only do they have a menorah lighting at Harvard, but Claudine Gay, who's less than a week removed from that really hateful, Jewish hateful testimony from Elise Stefanik on the Hill, lit the menorah. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Are you nuts? What's next? Hitler doing show tunes at a bar mitzvah? What are you, nuts? Claudine Gay at a menorah lighting? Boy, this country really is a mess. Thank God for people like Gael Eckstein. She's the president and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. You know, I do their commercials uh, for weeks now. In fact, I was doing a commercial couple of weeks ago about about this uh, little boy ariel you remember that lewis right yes absolutely he uh, went for a run on his kibbutz on that morning october the 7th and he came back to find out that everybody his parents his sister his grandfather were all slaughtered but yell does uh, amazing work and you're going to hop on here for a couple of minutes before judge napolitano the 16 good morning how are you Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. No, of course. First of all, you do incredible work. And, you know, I don't know Ariel. I did the commercial for a couple of weeks. It broke my heart. It breaks every yeah. New Yorker's heart, every Jewish person's heart. What is uh, yeah. what, what is he doing now? What What is the latest with little Ariel? Well, I, I, think, I believe Ariel just had his bar mitzvah. And actually, the chief rabbi of Israel was there with him. And the chief rabbi wow. was also orphaned when he was a child from the Holocaust. His family died in Auschwitz. They were murdered by the Nazis. And so, unfortunately, we have another generation who are orphaned because of the senseless hatred and anti-Semitism. And the fellowship is there both for Ariel and for all the families of Israel who are going now through this 
um, heartbreaking disaster, but it's really unified the people who stand on the side of light and freedom and life to come together and tell people like Ariel, you're not alone. I have to tell you, that's great. I have to tell you that uh, the work you guys do at the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews is so important. I keep telling people that while it's easy for somebody like me, Sidney Rosenberg, to be pro-Israel, although many Jews aren't, uh, I'm always, uh, I love the fact that my friends who are not Jewish feel almost, almost equally as strongly about Israel and what they're going through as I do. And I guess uh, this year uh, you guys are celebrating your 40th anniversary. Is that right? That's correct. Well, congratulations. And I would ask you this. I mean, obviously the world is aware of what happened on October the 7th, about two months away. But for the years prior to that, what did your charity do, your organization do on a daily basis to keep the word out there? Well, we've always been focused on three main areas. One is Aliyah, bringing Jews home to Israel from Ukraine and across the Arab world. The second area is helping with poverty, bringing food to the hungry and uh, heat to the elderly during the winter. And the third pillar has always been security. So we've built over 4,500 shelters, bomb shelters in Israel. We've provided over 5,000 bulletproof vests and helmets to first responders team, bulletproof ambulances. And so the message is really, like you said, so inspiring that it's mostly Christians who stand with us now, even before October 7th, to say for the first time in history, the Jewish people are not alone. It's not only the relatively small Jewish community who stands with Israel, who stands mostly unified, but it's millions, even hundreds of millions of Christians from uh, Korea to China to South America to North America um, who say we stand unified with the Jewish people against anti-Semitism and to be there whatever they need. But there are still way too many people that don't pro-Palestinian rallies here in New York, from Brooklyn to New York City, London to Yemen. I see it all over the world, and uh, I do get disheartened. I don't understand what people don't see here. Hamas is a terrorist organization, uh, and they are Palestinians, by the way. Many Palestinians are taught, as you know, almost all of them, at a very, very young age, as early as second grade, to hate and kill the Jews. So I commend Netanyahu and Israel for doing what they're doing, despite what the United States says. They have to eradicate this once and for all at any cost. What do you think? Well, I think that it is so disturbing to see the rise in anti-Semitism. And like you said, it's pretty clear who's on the right side here, who's on the side of life and who's on the side of death, who's on the side of protecting their civilians and who's on the side of using civilians to protect the terrorists. It's very clear. And so it's, on one hand, mind-boggling how anyone can stand with Hamas, especially now, as they took their own videos of of, of murdering mothers, of, of taking babies out of their mother's stomach and burning them alive. They, they took those videos. It's not Israel's word. So on one hand, it's so disheartening. It's so it's something that's impossible to understand. But on the other hand, it's the oldest story in the book. It's anti-Semitism, clear as day. And the anti-Semitism throughout the generations had looked different from the Nazis to biblical Amalek to um, communism and everything in between. But today what we're seeing is the modern anti-Semitism that it's clear as day that uh, who's on the side of life, who's on the side of death. And even so, there are so many people who are choosing to hate the Jews and stand with terrorists because even the terrorists are better than the Jews. 
Yeah, I know the number, of course, is 1-800-988-9090, protectisrael.org. You guys are also doing work on the ground, not just in Gaza and in Israel, but uh, in the Soviet Union, Ukraine. So you guys are spread out everywhere doing what's right for folks that are uh, being treated horribly by evil, whether it's Putin in Russia or Hamas in uh, in Gaza. So what is your wish? Hanukkah is about to end here. We're down to the last couple of nights. The new year in America starts in a couple of weeks. What is your wish as the CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews for the upcoming year? Well, just a few days ago, I was down south. I was in all those kibbutzim where the homes were burned and the families were kidnapped and killed. And I went to the city of Sderot, where so many people were killed. And the city's been evacuated. They're having daily missiles land inside of their cities and homes and grocery stores. And there are 500 elderly who have stayed behind because they said, we'd rather die in our homes than be refugees in our late 80s, early 90s. And so they're in a city where there are no grocery stores open, no neighbors to help them, nothing there. And the fellowship is on the ground bringing them food, bringing them comfort, bringing them volunteers to sit with them. And so my Hanukkah wish, my New Year's wish is that we'll be able to get with a simple food package with a volunteer to all those people who feel forgotten, especially now, who feel so alone, who are desperate and in deep prayer for something as simple as food and a volunteer. My prayer is that we'll be able to get to every one of them and tell them that people in America, Jews and Christians alike, stand with them and have not forgotten that. What a super job. Yael Eckstein, once again, the president and CEO of the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews. I've been doing their spots on this station, the fellowship, since October the 7th. Proud to do them. God bless you for the great work you're doing. I mean that sincerely. God bless you. And on behalf of all the Jews and my Christian friends as well, Yael, happy Hanukkah and happy New Year. You're incredible. Thank you so much. Thank you for spreading so much information on Israel, keeping people engaged and doing what's right. God bless you and happy Hanukkah. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. Her calling me incredible goes right there with Trump and Levin and all those guys. I mean that. That's how much I respect Yael Eckstein. What a wonderful lady. God bless her. We will talk to uh, Judge Napolitano, Michael Rappaport. He's at one of those kibbutzes that Eckstein just talked about. Bill O'Reilly, Joe Beningo, and more. This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. From our friends. 77 WABC. The greatest mayor oh, of all time. I got enough Rudy of that last Giuliani. night. My my head is going to get too big. Sid and me honorable mentions by uh, the former president and soon to be president of the United States last night. The president mentioned me, me a number of times. Very very nice about being such a very good mayor. He said and and then he mentioned Sid a couple of times. I could be indictment proof right now. You know, I don't think they can do it, Sid. I don't think they can do it. But they stopped it. They heard about it. I think they sent their biggest people. Don't do it! Local DAs, all controlled by the White House. And they think that the threat to democracy, and that's what it is, it's a hoax. It's a new, we call it now, the threat to democracy hoax. Because that's what it is. These guys are so good with misinformation, disinformation. It's a slight difference, you know. You know that, Sid, right? There is a slight difference. If you want, we can talk about it, but let's not bore the audience.
just had love before Got mad and closed the door But you said, child, just once more I chose you for the one Now we're having so much fun You treated me so kind I'm about to lose my mind You made me so very happy I'm so glad you came into my life Highlights from Cipriani's on Wall Street Once again, thanks to Gavin Wax The Young New York Republicans Club Rudy Giuliani on his show on Sunday And then Trump from that event on Saturday night. And it looks like Rudy going to testify today. I want to get to all that with my next guest, who is great. He's had a long career in media, from Fox News to Imus to this show. And I want to congratulate the great Judge Andrew Napolitano on his own podcast, Judging Freedom, which just this week reached 250,000 subscribers on YouTube. Folks, that's a quarter of a million people. That's a lot of folks. So here he is, the great judge himself. <laughs> judge Knapp, good morning, buddy. Congratulations. Oh, thank you, my man. Thank you for all the uh, all the exposure you've given me and help you've given me to uh, <clears throat> get the word out that I have this uh, podcast. You'd be surprised, happily so, because while I'm doing the podcast, people are, are emailing me. They're short uh, 15 or 20-word messages. We get thousands of them during each podcast. You'd be surprised the number of people who on Thursdays say to me, I heard you this morning on Sid. I heard you this morning with Sid. I'm glad you you and Sid are best buddies. So I wanted to share with you that yesterday we reached 250,000 subscriptions on YouTube and 500,000 followers on Twitter. Both of those thresholds were reached on the same day. It's very uh, odd, but very, very gratifying. No, that is, uh, those are great numbers. I mean, really, those are, but I'm not surprised you're great. I told you this when I texted you or emailed you a couple of days ago. I'm surprised when folks with mediocre talent enjoy great success, but not people like you. This happens to be Joe Tacopina's favorite segment of the week, just so you know, Judge. He loves you. so, And that says a lot. Tacopina loves you. So congratulations again. But I do want to get to some of the uh, the meat of the day. Rudy was on this show yesterday, Giuliani, talking about this uh, case. It's the Georgia case, but it's in D.C. So obviously D.C. presents issues for people like Rudy and Donald Trump and any decent-minded Republican. Now it turns out, I read this morning or on TV, they're saying that Rudy may testify today. Now, we saw Trump decide not to testify, which was brilliant, obviously. Monday here in New York, this is different, obviously, a criminal case. But what are your thoughts? No, this is not the criminal case. What are your thoughts on uh, Giuliani uh, testifying possibly later on today? Well, I was happy that the president didn't testify. As you know, I uh, passed that advice to him on, through various channels. I'm not taking credit for the decision. He's got very fine legal counsel, but he made uh, the right decision. If Donald Trump had taken the witness stand last Monday now, four days ago, uh, all the prosecutors in the federal cases would have been in the back of the courtroom to watch how he performed on cross-examination. Don't give them that leg up. Now, Rudy's case is different. Rudy's case is a civil case. It's right. not a case. And the issue, the only issue is damages. Was Rudy malicious or did Rudy honestly believe what he said? Now, you and I know him. 
So in our minds, there's no question but that he honestly believed what he said. He needs to persuade that to a jury. Rudy Giuliani has appeared before hundreds and hundreds of juries in his life. He knows how to make eye contact with them. He knows how to communicate with them. He's tried cases before inner city juries, before liberal oriented juries before juries that were a different race than he is. He's not afraid of any of that. But these two uh, ladies who have sued him have been on the witness stand for two days. Very, very emotional, gut-wrenching, in my view, grossly exaggerated testimony. Only Rudy can burst that bubble. He knows that, and he knows how to do it, and that will probably happen today. He oh, doesn't need my advice. He knows the case. Right, so so you're for it. You, you are uh, clearly for Rudy Giuliani testifying. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. He's okay. got a judge that can't stand him. He's got a judge, just, just like Trump. The judge has already ruled, ruled against Trump before the case started. Same thing happened uh, with Rudy. He's got an inner city uh, D.C. Uh, jury, but he still has charm and grace and wonderful intellect, and he knows how to communicate. He has to take that stand today to undermine what those ladies said about him. Otherwise, he's going to walk out of that courtroom with some enormous verdict against him, which is going to force him to go to bankruptcy court. He doesn't need all that. He can win this case by getting on the stand and being himself and, and, and persuading the jury that what he said was not malicious, it was not reckless. It was not without disregard for the truth. It was what he honestly believed at the time. He, if he does that effectively, he walks out of that courtroom without a, a nickel being taken from his pocket. All right. There you have it, Judge Andrew Napolitano. So one of the uh, big surprises for me on Saturday was the reception I got from Steve Bannon. I had no idea Bannon even knew who the hell I was, let alone him coming on the air with me the next day or two days later, Monday, telling me my show should be syndicated. It's the best show in the country. He never misses it. I was shocked to hear all that. But we know, of course, that Bannon skipped out on a depot or, on, or, or at least uh, maybe it was a meeting in front of Congress, a hearing. And, um, you know, they, they, they want to put this guy in jail. With the Bidens, it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, here's Hunter Biden, who was supposed to be at a depot yesterday. And he's like, no. I didn't do anything wrong. My father's fine. You want to have a uh, a big forum, an open meeting? I'm willing to do that, but I'm just not going to the depot. It's just unbelievable how obnoxious this Hunter Biden is. So the bigger question is, the GOP House members are talking today, Nancy Mace, Jim Comer, about holding Hunter in contempt. What's that going to look like? Well, after what happened to Steve Bannon and Peter Navarro, two decent, uh, terrific guys, uh, the House has to hold Hunter Biden in contempt. But I don't know why he did what he did. I know his lawyer, Abby Lowell. Abby is one of the best criminal defense lawyers uh, in D.C. I'm sure Abby said to him, Hunter, this is a legitimate subpoena. We have to go. You don't have to answer anything. I'll be with you. The only question you have to answer is who you are. You assert the fifth on everything. He has the Fifth Amendment right not to answer. He's a defendant in two criminal cases, so he can't be forced to testify about any of this uh, stuff. Instead... He shows up with, with, within a couple of hundred yards of where he's supposed to be and says, I'm not going in the building. I'm here to tell you that all of this is because they hate my father. Okay, they do hate his father. His father's a lousy president. They're trying to do what they have right. to do. But he's making matters worse for himself. Now the tale of the tape will be, will federal prosecutors prosecute Hunter Biden 
for contempt of Congress as they did Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon. They should. I mean, of even even didn't Biden's brother do the same thing, Uncle Jimmy? Didn't he do the same thing? He also skated. Nothing happened to him. Correct. So they should, but they won't because the father uh, controls Jeez. the uh, the Justice Department. Of course, they should. If these subpoenas mean anything, then there has to be a sting when you disobey them. All you have to do is show, like Roger, our friend Roger Stone did. All you have to do is show up, invoke the fifth. They may ask you three or four hundred questions. This happened to Trump once. You just keep invoking the Fifth Amendment each time, and you're home and you're home free. But by thumbing your nose on them, by walking up to the almost literally to the doorstep of the room where you were commanded to appear, you made things infinitely worse for yourself. I am sure Abby Lowell told that to Hunter, and he just disregarded that advice. Unbelievable. This is uh, the great something else that something that made me very happy this week. What's that? Which was a photograph of you seated next to the president at that dinner on Saturday night. Beautiful. You both look gorgeous in Texas, by the way, (laughs) leaning, leaning over, whispering into each other's ears. It warmed my heart. Two of my dear friends. You know what? Uh, what you didn't see because that picture that you're talking about. And thank you for bringing that up. It was actually a little video where the president playfully kind of jabbed me in the shoulder right before. And yes, we were talking about you, uh, amongst other things, of course, uh, Matt Gates's speech and and uh, just what a great job he's doing. And he actually called me over because he was sitting next to uh, Gavin Wax. And uh, he was getting perturbed because people were coming over, taking selfies, and he was having dinner. So I didn't bother the president. But as soon as Gavin Wax got up and walked up to the stage to introduce Trump, Trump actually called. I was sitting right behind him, back to back. He uh, motioned with his finger, come here, come here, come here. Goes in my ear, he goes, you know, you're a great guy. I really appreciate you. And that was basically the conversation that you see uh, on that picture. And look, you talked about Monday and I had Alina Haba on the show. He did not testify. But truth be told, this New York case is a joke. But the other stuff that's coming down the pike, and it looks like Donald Trump is going to win the primary easily, easily, and be the Republican choice for president, the other stuff coming down the pike, when you combine that with his commitments as running for president, this could be a very, very difficult year for our friend. Yes, yes. The stuff coming down the pike is very serious. The New York case is a joke. It'll soon be over with. He'll, he'll have a huge judgment against him. He'll appeal it. He'll probably win most of the uh, appeal. But I'm disappointed when you tell me that he called you over to tell you he was a great man. I thought he was calling you over to saying, give me some advice on Israel. Tell me what to do. You know what's good Real about thinking in the streets. No, but here's what's good about Trump. He doesn't need my advice. See, Biden, he would have to ask me that because he's lost. Uh, Donald Trump knows what he's doing. And Well, if Biden was going to ask your advice, he'd have to read the question off an index card. <laughs> you are so right. Hey, listen, Judge, congratulations again on those podcast numbers. You really do do a tremendous job here every Thursday. You are absolutely one of my uh, listeners' favorites. I mean, you really are terrific, and I love you to pieces. So thank you so much for this great appearance. We'll do it again very soon, buddy. Thanks. Back at you. Remind O'Reilly that I love him. (laughs) 
I will. He's oh, listening right man. now. There he is. Never disappoints. Always terrific, Judge Andrew Napolitano. Every Thursday here on Sitting Friends in the Morning. That wraps up a pretty good two hours, folks. Jennifer Harrison, Curtis Sliwa, Yal Eckstein, Judge Napolitano. Three big names still to come. Big-time actor Michael Rappaport. He's at the kibbutz in Israel this morning. We saw all that horror. Michael's going to call in. Former WFAN legend Joe Beningo. And, of course, the segment of the week. No segment gets better ratings on WABC than O'Reilly and Rosenberg. Bill O'Reilly coming up at 840. Hour 3 about to come your way. I love you so much, you see. You're even in my dreams. I can Man who got not one but two shout-outs from Donald Trump on Saturday night at Cipriani Wall Street. He's Sid Rosenberg. You know that, Sid, right? There is a slight difference. If you want, we can talk about it, but let's not bore the audience. And this. I could be indictment-proof right now. I don't think they can do it, Sid. I don't think they can do it. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. In Washington on Capitol Hill, Republicans in the House voting to begin a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The next step follows the years-long scrutiny of the president and his family of high crimes and misdemeanors. Now, Democrats calling the move an extreme political stunt that has no credibility and no legitimacy. The same day that Hunter Biden showed up on Capitol Hill, not to testify, but to blast Republicans for what he said were attacks on him to embarrass and damage his father. What are they afraid of? I'm here. I'm ready. Hunter Biden arriving on Capitol Hill not to appear in a closed-door deposition, as he was subpoenaed to do, but offering again to testify in a public hearing. There's no evidence to support the allegations that my father was financially involved in my business because it did not happen. As you know, Hunter Biden is a private citizen, and so I certainly would refer you to his representatives. Um, Look... You know, um, the president was certainly familiar uh, with what his son was going to say. And I think what you saw was from the heart from uh, his son. And you've heard uh, you've heard me say this. You've heard the president say this. Uh, when it comes to the president and the first lady, they are proud of him. Of what? Continuing to rebuild his life. He's a They are proud of their son. Let's turn now to the White House, where President Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken met with several family members of Americans being held hostage by Hamas. The two-hour meeting was the president's first face-to-face encounter with families of Americans being held hostage in Gaza. We could have no better friend uh, in Washington or in the White House than President Biden himself and his administration. But little is known about the state of those still being held. Was the president able to share anything about their condition? We are going to keep the, the content of the conversation private. The White House says there are eight Americans still unaccounted for, including Americans still being held hostage. It is believed 135 total hostages of varying nationalities remain in Gaza. The meeting came a day after the president, for the first time publicly since the Hamas attacks, questioned Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, saying he has to change as Israel's coalition government is making it difficult to establish a Palestinian state. 
Mr. Biden also said Israel is losing global support for its indiscriminate bombing of Gaza. Attacks deemed indiscriminate are usually considered violations of international law. But did he misspeak yesterday when he said that uh, Israel was carrying out indiscriminate attacks? The president speaks and has spoken in about our concerns over civilian casualties in Gaza and about urging our Israeli counterparts to be more careful and more deliberate. In Israel, Netanyahu defiantly said we are continuing until the end, adding in the face of international pressures, nothing will stop Third down and seven. Play action from DeVito. End zone. Catch is made. Touchdown, Isaiah Hodgins. We let people run with whatever they want to run with. I didn't leave home until I was 28. And I bought my house that I live in before I owned DeVito Plumbing because me and my wife both stood home and saved money. It's just a smart thing to do. And as Italians, I never want my kids to leave. I mean, it's really not only an Italian thing. We're the happiest when they were coming home from college. The house is full of life when they're home. The dynamics are great. We bust each other's chops all day long. And it's just great to have them home. What parent wouldn't do that? If they really need Tommy, he is borderline OCD on his preparation for the day. Everything's on the magic marker board, times. He's so independent. Lived alone for six years. When we was coming home, I said, we don't know what city you're going to play in. Of course, you're going to stay here right. and then see where the chips fall. Sure. And right now, it's rock star life for him. Awesome. He's head spinning around on the swivel that he needs our family more than ever. And credit to his brother has been his right-hand man through everything, and my wife as well. Ho, ho, ho. Shake up the happiness. Wake up the happiness. Shake up the happiness. It's Christmas time. Those reports are not entirely accurate. Yesterday was not the first time Joe Biden was critical of Netanyahu. He's called for pauses and ceasefires. That's, to me, that's all criticism. But that's okay. Uh, the last voice you heard, Tom DeVito, the father of the hero of Cedar Grove, New Jersey, and a winner of three straight games for the football giants, Tommy DeVito. Tom DeVito was great on this show yesterday. We've got a very special guest joining us right now. I consider this guy one of the great actors I know. I mean, just a tremendous, tremendous actor. He's been a good friend of mine, too, very good friend over the years. And he has become one of the loudest and most inspiring pro-Israel Jewish voices in the country today, right there with people like Lizzie Savetsky and, and uh, of course, my friend down in Florida, Siggy Flicker. And that is a great actor, Michael Rappaport, who yesterday was at one of the kibbutzes that, of course, was uh, ravaged by these Hamas animals. He has now seen it firsthand. He is in Israel right now calling in this morning the great actor, my friend Michael Rappaport. Rap, good morning, buddy. How are you? My man, Sid, how are you? I am uh, I'm good. I'm in uh, a town called Isubia, uh in the north of Israel. Um, and, um, you know, I'm having an, a, a really incredible trip. You know, it's not a tourist trip in terms of the fun, but um, I'm so glad that I hear, I'm here in, 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 in Israel and I've gotten to meet and have gotten to hear uh, so many really, really just devastating, heartbreaking stories. And, you know, 
the closest thing that I could reference, especially New Yorkers, because I know, uh, uh, you know, New Yorkers will know and never, ever forget the, 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 the people um, of Israel are, they're heartbroken. They're heartbroken. They're scared. And they're, um, they're heartbroken, you know, um, of, from, you know, the death that they've, they've dealt with firsthand, whether it be family members. Uh, whether it be um, people, it's a small place, you know, it's like the size of Jersey, New Jersey, the whole, the whole country right. is the size of New Jersey. So everybody knows somebody who is affected or everybody knows somebody who's in IDF. And, you know, I was at Kibbutz Berry, which was, you know, people now know that name of this small sort of sleepy, very progressive, you know, lefty um, town that was decimated. Sid, it was decimated. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, and I was in there and, you know, the things that I was seeing with my own eyes, it's 67 days later. So it's not like I'm seeing, obviously, bodies in blood, but to go into people's houses that are, were burned to the ground to see and hear, you know, this one story of a, of, of, of a, of a family um, that the mother was kidnapped. Cousins were kidnapped. They they all got out on the on the 50 day release. The father was standing outside the safe room trying to fight off these these are animals. He was trying to fight them off with a butcher knife, with a kitchen knife. Mm. And to hear the son tell me the story was took my breath away. And mm. to hear you know, and I just was I went into four homes and to hear the stories of just those four homes. And there's in this little area, like it's hard to like, it would be like some kind of small town. And it just reminded me of California, but it it, it, is like a small unassuming place that's so close to Gaza. So many of these younger people, like they, they worked, they worked with Gazans. They worked, you know, trying to bring people together. And, you know, these are, people that came in there and they proudly killed uh they enjoyed the killing they left their names they graffitied on the buildings to show their work and i saw this with my own eyes and you know i met i've met with families and you know that are that that have hostages that are still they're still in there and i want to make sure one thing you know the message that the, the the people that still have the families is to not forget about them and to not pushing and posting and fighting and, you know, doing everything we can to get the hostages free. There's still 135 hostages. So many of them are young men. And because it's not as, and I'm saying this with all due respect, it's not as sexy as, you know, kids and, 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 you know, you know, women, you know, there's so many young men under 30, 21, 22 year old kids. And there's, there's babies in there. There's older, you know, still, uh, you know, senior citizens in there. And, you know, I met a one guy, his son's 21. I've had ulcerative colitis since I'm 16. His son has ulcerative colitis. They need medication. And they're just people are heartbroken. And the kind of, it's the only thing I could equate it to that, especially people that are listening in the tri-state area, is 9-11 and right. hearing the stories and, 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 and the kind of pain that the people are in, it's, it's, you can't put words on it and you can't 
you can't act it. And what I saw in those homes, if, you know, I just reference this because this is my job, but, you know, if, if, if what I saw in those homes, if you were doing a movie about it, you'd be like, oh, this is too much. Bullet holes everywhere. Like, 50, 60, 70 bullet holes, like in, in a home, grenades that exploded. You know, I was in, in, in a safe room of a woman who was burnt, um, burnt to pieces, burnt to, to, to where it took seven weeks to, um, you know, really, you know, say this woman was burnt in this room. And it's in, so, you know, um, it's important to insist and push for the hostages release. And I know that, you know, everybody listening to the show understands this, but these are savage animals that don't care about anybody that isn't along with them. They don't care about the, the citizens of Gaza. They don't care about the innocent people of Gaza. They don't care about anybody who speaks out, who free thinks, who's an atheist, who's a Christian, uh, who's uh, a questioner. They don't care about anybody who's gay, trans, bi, fluid. Uh, uh, they certainly don't care uh, about anything that has to do with LGBTQ. And when I say don't care, they'll throw you off a roof. Right. They, they put they put before the Jewish people. They put you. They don't even waste bullets. Yeah. They set you on fire and throw you off yep. a, a roof. Yep. Which is amazing are, because are, that that specific community has been uh, so represented, uh, well represented, Michael, as you know, in these pro-Palestinian rallies, which is ridiculous. But, you know, you said something to me yesterday, and I really am very proud of you. I just, I mean, you're a great actor. You are a great actor and a uh, funny guy. You know, whether you're on my show or Cracking Up or Howard's show, you're funny. But you said something yesterday. You said, we have to do more. So I watch your Instagram every day, like I do Lizzie Savetsky and others, and, and you're on there every day. Yesterday you, you were on with us, you just spoke about a mother of a, of a young man who's still being held hostage, and you actually made the trip, you made the trip to Israel. And, and I remember this story, Michael, that when the buildings came down, Pat Tillman was a defensive back for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. You're a big sports guy. He was making millions yeah. and millions of dollars. He had a gorgeous wife, beautiful family. <laughs> he had a life most of us would die to get. And he decided, yeah. watching those buildings fall, he was going to go fight. And he died, of course, in the most tragic fashion in a cave in Afghanistan due to friendly fire. But you kind of felt the same way, right? You saw what happened October the 7th, and you had to go to Israel. I had to go to Israel. And, I, you know, and I'm, I'm Jewish you know, Sid, I'm not. Um, um, I, I am. Not, I'm not a religious Jewish person. I'm a New York Jew, and anybody in New York knows what that means. You know, New Yorkers. Uh, uh, this is not a perfect place, in New York. Um, but <clears throat> what, what what's going on specifically in our city? The disrespect, the blatant anti-Jewishness, the blatant anti-Semitism. The idea that, you know, fresh off, the bodies aren't even uh, uh, sorted out, people are missing, and that people would rip down posters of missing civilians is shocking. You, you wouldn't be able to put money on that in Vegas, nope. uh, that it would ever happen. The LGBTQ community, for people that you think that you might have discrimination in the United States, again— they throw you off buildings. They throw you off buildings. So it's a crooked, crappy, upside-down time. Um, you know, but these people here are, 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 are unique. 
They're special. They have so much pride. And I'm 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 in this this this, this town in the north of Gaza in the north of Israel now. I'm I'm looking right now at a, a church. I'm looking at, at, at a mosque. Uh, you know, people are all people. Are, one second, I'm just on the phone. People are all together, and 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 you know what's going on. This terrorism um, is this is maniacal, sick crap, and you know. No one wants to see civilians die of any uh, race, creed, or color, but the hostages need to be freed. The bodies need to be accounted for, and then they could start discussing uh, what uh, uh, all these other things. But uh, uh, Hamas needs to go, period, because if they don't go, they're going to come back after Israel and then Hezbollah. And, and, and I'm learning a lot. You know, they, wanted, they don't just want Israel. Israel's the appetizer. Israel's the hors d'oeuvres. They want the whole kit and caboodle. They want Rome. They want Paris. They want the, they want the world. Yep. And it sounds insane because it's like, what do you mean they want the world? They want the world. They don't want anything but radical uh, uh, Islamic fundamentalists. This is not, these are not representative of, of Islam. This is not representative of anything but radical, terroristic um, um, sickos, period. 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 And that's all I could say, you know, and, and, and I'm, I'm glad to, you know, to be talking to you. You know, I always love coming on the show. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I could just encourage people to just remember that there's still 135 hostages in there and their families have not given up uh, a hope and their families will not uh, uh, give up hope. And, and, you know, especially, you know, you guys listening in the Trice area, the, the, the salt of the earth, the best people in the world, because this is where I'm from, uh, uh, to, to keep pushing and fighting and putting that message out on, on social media. Because, you know, all the stuff that we get upset about and that we argue about and that I get upset about and we get irate about, about, you know, the protests and all that stuff, we need to focus and remember that there's 135 innocent people and there's a two year a, a four year old baby a 10 month old baby uh and their mother in there there's you know there's there's people in there uh, uh regular joe schmo people and they need to be freed or accounted for yep. and, and and then and then you could discuss anything else rap listen uh, uh you're a great actor like i said but uh, this is not a movie and you're seeing it firsthand nope. the horror the tragedy and I'll be watching your Instagram until you get back uh, on Thursday. Uh, we are planning a trip to Jerusalem next month. Maybe you'll come back with us. But it, at the very least, what you're doing is, is really terrific. So I speak on behalf of uh, all the Jewish people and Christian people here in New York. And uh, thank people, you. people. Yes, it's just thank people, you. people. That's this right. Is, this is beyond Jewish and Israel. These, That's right. The IDF is now not just fighting for Israel. They're fighting for the rest of the world. Agreed. Remember that. Yep. They are fighting for the rest of the world. They are not just fighting... Obviously, they represent Israel and Israel's first and foremost because they were the one attacked. But they are fighting to end these people that want to take over and kill anything in their path. And they do it with pride and joy, which is sick. Yep. They do it with yep. the way we play pickleball, the way we watch sports, the way we enjoy chips on Sunday watching our fantasy football team and Tommy DeVito. They get off on on, on the destruction of, of Jewish people uh, atheist people, Christian people, and anything that's not them. They well, love that's it. Right. That's right. Hey, listen, for stay them, safe. Life, life doesn't start until death. That's true. For them, life that's starts true. at death. Yep, yep. I know. They're All promised right. They're promised an awful lot there, 72 virgins and the yeah, rest of that nonsense. Yes, listen, stay safe. This was a great call. Man, that's the biggest, the biggest con in, 
in the world. Yep. You're going to get 72 virgins in there. Yep. You think you really? Talk about a, a hustle. That's a hustle. <laughs> that is a hustle. Hey, stay safe. This was a great call. This meant a lot to my listeners in New York City. So stay safe. We'll talk again. Uh, we'll see you when you get back, Michael Rappaport. Thank you so much. All right, you guys. Take it easy. God bless you. There he is, the great actor Michael Rappaport, live just outside one of those ravaged kibbutzes in Israel this morning. And I do compel you folks, urge you, check out his Instagram. I don't care if you don't like his politics. We know who he is and Trump and blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, right now, at least during this period, what he's doing in Israel for the Jewish people, and he talked about it. It's just for people in general. It's everybody out there. Any human, I think you should be commended for what he's doing right now. Check him out at Michael Rappaport. We'll take a short break. We'll get back. Don't forget, Bill O'Reilly's coming up this hour. It's the Thursday edition of Sid and Friends in the Morning. I pulled into Nazareth, was feeling about half past dead. I just need some place where I can leave my head. Hey, mister, can you tell me where a man might find a bed? He just grinned and shook my hand, no was all he said. WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. Oh, He was the best. He still is the best. He'll always be the best, folks, whether it's 9 p.m. weeknights on WABC. The No Spin News, that website, best website in the world, BillOReilly.com. Interviews, TV shows, columns, all of it. Killing series, still killing it. Killing the witches, of course, the last of those successes. Here he is. There's not a segment on this radio station all week that gets bigger ratings than this. O'Reilly and Rosenberg, the great Bill O'Reilly. Bill, good Thursday morning, buddy. How are you? I'm uh, decking the halls, you know. That's coming <laughs> up fast. Yeah, it is. And, it's uh, coming up fast. Monica is all over tonight, right? Or is it over last night? Oh, it's uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. Yes. Okay. Yes. And and what do you guys do? Just wander around after that? Yeah, I mean, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we uh, we hope that uh, some of you guys invite us to your Christmas parties because we want to keep the party going all That's month. That's right. You know? <laughs> and and um, I hope that happens for you, Sid. Well, thank you. <laughs> I got, you know, we got uh, every year. I have to say this, not to um, embarrass you, but um, but I have to thank you because every year you send this beautiful holiday gift basket to the house. And we love it. We eat all of it. Me, Danielle, Ava, and Gabe. And it's really lovely. But this year, they uh, in the basket, they had something uh, like popcorn with chocolate in it. A moose munch, I think it's called. You've been through yeah. three bags of it already. We love that stuff. Yeah, Harry and David uh, out of Oregon. Interesting story. Um, they hosed me about three years ago uh, on orders. They, they screwed up. And, you know, um, I have... People that do this for me, and then it came back, and it, the baskets didn't get what they did. So I call the guy, the guy who runs the company. He's an entrepreneur, and I said, look, just make it right. And uh, he did, and he apologized, and it, and it was uh, good customer service. So 
since then I've been using them. But look, I I want to spread the cheer. That's that's my goal, O'Reilly. If you see me on Long Island, I'm spreading cheer wherever I go for the Christmas season. You are. You're a very very yeah, holiday I, festive Christmas like cheer. Like Hunter time. Biden. Yeah, just wherever like Hunter goes, Biden. The same thing, right? Yeah. yeah, he spreads cheer wherever he goes. Um. Yeah. Well, I got to tell you, I I don't really watch him a lot. I don't. And, of course, uh, I'm much more familiar with the Republicans, obviously. But watching him yesterday, bold-faced lying, just bold-faced lying and arrogant and stubborn and obstinate. And my father, I mean, it it was tough to watch, Bill. Listen, this is symptomatic of our society, and I, I hope everybody will take the time to watch that sound clip. Instead of being contrite that he brought all this horror onto his family, which he did. I don't care. Look, if you're a drug addict and and then or an alcoholic and you go and you try to kick it and you're successful and I give you credit for that. Okay? And and that should be respected. But the fact that you brought before the rehab all of this bad stuff to your family, your children, your friends, okay? That's nothing to be proud of. And this guy struts around like, hey, who are you to question me and for getting tens of millions of dollars? Keep that figure in mind. Tens of millions of dollars flowed into Hunter and Jim Biden for nothing. It's not like they sent gift baskets with it. They didn't do anything for it. That's the key point. So you've got the son and brother of a sitting vice president accumulating tens of millions of dollars for nothing. And then there's not one single Democrat in the House of Representatives, not one, who wants to investigate that? No, because this is what I've noticed. Again, I did sports most of my career. I don't even belong on the phone with you, to be honest. That's how humble I am. What I've noticed doing this the last six or seven years is one thing about Democrats. They're corrupt. They're no good, and I'm saying that, yes, as a generality, but they stick together. The Republicans, they'd be killing this guy. But you know what? Democrats, good, bad, or indifferent, they stick together. I'm not so sure the Republicans would would kill the guy. I'm not so sure. But you're correct that there is a monolithic liberal Democrat mindset, okay? And, And if you go out of that mindset, you're shunned. Where if you're a Republican conservative traditional and you don't like George Santos, all right, you're not shunned. I mean, there's a much more, there's a much broader acceptance of opinion. But let's let's get back to. And by the way, just to further that, you know, I was at a dinner on Saturday night with with the president, President Trump, and and the guy that really made a great speech, Bill, was Matt Gates. And, you know, you remember not that long ago, Matt Gates, amongst the eight of them, was really the one most responsible for ousting Kevin McCarthy. And he pissed off a bunch of Republicans. But you wouldn't know it two days later, right? I mean, they didn't get all that tough with them, did they? Well, you know, Gates, a big Trump guy. Trump was there, and that, that's what the crowd was. But what the, the larger point that everybody listening to WABC right now should understand is this. Corruption, no matter where it comes from cannot be accepted. And if it's undefined, as far as President Biden, which is 
true. I mean, Grassley, the, the powerful senator from Iowa, came out and said, I, I have not seen him. Uh, I have not seen the hard evidence that Joe Biden got money, which is true. But that's why you have an impeachment inquiry to find out if he got money. But there's not one Democrat in the Senate or the House that wants to find out. You can't run a country, a business, or a family like that. That would be like saying to you, a father, and me a father, your kid's acting a little strangely. Um, He just walked in the house with $100,000. Wouldn't you want to know where he got it? $5, I want to know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, would you have an inquiry in the living room? Yeah. Yes. Okay, what what did you do to get this money? (laughs) No. They don't want it. And that shows that this country, all right, is on the skids. You've got to at least seek the truth, no matter where it is. And we don't have that. And the media, which drives me the most crazy, all right, doesn't want to know either. No, no, no. Whereas with Trump and Nixon and all of the – and Reagan, any inkling of misbehavior, they swarmed on it. But now with Biden, oh, no, no, there's no evidence. There's no evidence well, how can there be evidence if you don't investigate and the FBI flat out won't look into it? How about that? I was at a uh, holiday party a couple of days ago for the DEA, not Drug Enforcement, Detectives Endowment with the beautiful Danielle. And uh, Paul DiGiacomo is a good friend of mine. And I actually call the media domestic terrorists. And that may sound a bit harsh, but but I, that's true. I mean, I, I really believe it's that bad, which you've been talking about more than anybody for years. So the media, the absolute worst. But it did strike me as I sat there watching Trump make this 65-minute speech on Saturday night. And he went into detail, Bill, about all these cases, uh, you know, for the most part. Uh, what's going, And all the, the issues he has to face. He's going to win the primary going away. That's over. Stop with Haley and DeSantis. It's over. So he's got to spend the next year running for president, winning the Republican nomination, and going to court day after day after day. And I'm sorry, Bill, talking about the truth, you cannot convince me that Joe Biden hasn't done worse if Trump has done anything at all. How does that make sense? Well, okay. I mean, the people who are prosecuting Trump are all in the liberal category. Just go down the list. Okay, so we but that's actually helped Trump, interestingly enough. They made him a martyr. Uh some independents who didn't vote for him last time around, they don't like him, they don't like his style. They're saying, you know what? This is wrong. And so we're gonna put aside our personal feelings about Donald Trump and support him. That's what's happening in these polls. You can see it. In places like Michigan and Wisconsin, uh and Georgia. Uh, people who voted against him last time, and, you know, obviously the incompetence of Joe Biden is helping that nudge, but this has worked to his advantage. Now, the Supreme Court case, um, they're now looking at it. This is a a big thing in American history on whether the Supreme Court is going to say no, an opinion 
that the election was rigged, and this is where it all starts, and that was Trump's opinion, because he wanted to believe that. Trump wanted to believe that the election was rigged. That's what he wanted to do. So did Giuliani. So did uh, all of the people that supported the uh, rigging election. But you know this. When you want something bad enough, you start to believe it. And I'm telling you. I am telling you. They want to believe. Those guys believe it. They believe it. But you are entitled to that as an American. Right. You can believe what you want to believe. That's we're protected under the First Amendment. So if you believe the election was rigged, is that a conspiracy? No. That's what he's being charged with. That's what Trump is being is, is in a fallacious opinion in my because I don't believe the election and mass was rigged. I think it was rigged in certain places, but I don't think it was enough. And I could be wrong on that. But nobody has come with information to change my opinion. But, well, anyway. well, well, but wait a second. But, but you may be right that it wasn't rigged enough, that maybe you know, millions and millions of votes weren't rigged. But if you're telling me that you have, you, you believe there was one instance, one instance of 10 votes in Michigan popping up, then it's rigged. It's rigged. Well, I, you can't throw out the entire vote because one or two or 10 counties were corrupt. Well, you can because, no, because is, you can because then you can make the determination that if you believe one or two or five counties were rigged, then maybe the whole thing was. In other words, if you're saying yeah, there was yeah, but nothing, you can't do that, Sid, unless there's evidence introduced into a formal court of the uh, corruption. No, I, uh, I I agree with that. What I'm saying, and, but and that never happened. But but your opinion, if you believe one or two or five instances there was something rigged, then you can further that. You can do that. Because if you get evidence, but nobody came forth with the evidence. And I told Trump early on uh, in 2020, appoint a special prosecutor to look into the election. Right. You, got, you, you still control the Justice Department, Bill Barr. Just well, appoint a special prosecutor. Yeah. No, it didn't happen. No. But anyway, the point is that an opinion is not a conspiracy. And that's what the Supreme Court's going to have to decide. All right. If Trump thought the election was rigged, okay, is that a crime? No. No. So that's that's where it stands now. With Biden, it's totally different. All right. So the Biden people are saying, hey, the money that came to the vice president at the time and then after when he left office were repayment of loans. So he loaned Jim and, and Hunter and all his money. Joe Biden did. And then they just paid it back. Well, that's, you know, if you're going to loan somebody hundreds of thousands of dollars, there's got to be a record of that. Right. A wire transfer, a check, something. And you would think that Joe Biden, the Biden administration, would just produce it. Here's, here's the loan. No. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's so absurd, the whole thing. And, and then it's Biden every day. Corinne Jean-Pierre goes, um, uh, he, he didn't he didn't have anything to do with his son's business. No, um, he never talked about it with his son. Well, well, he barely talked about it, but he didn't take any money. I, every day it changes. I know. Yeah. Remember, I mean, right. In the beginning, he knew nothing about it. Then he knew something about it. Now he knew all about it, but he had nothing to do with it. And he's still very, very proud 
of his right. son. Oh, they're all proud. <laughs> I, I, listen, they couldn't be prouder of Hunter. And when you saw him out there, weren't you proud of him? I mean, wasn't everybody proud of Hunter I mean, right yesterday? I mean, I mean there's on. really somebody that we should be emulating, Hunter Biden. No question. That's a real hero. But I want to stick with Biden for a sec when it comes to Israel. Now, look, I've been particularly tough on the guy. I, I have been, I admit it. But again, when you're when you're in bed with Iran, not one but two administrations, to me, to me, you're complicit in these attacks. I'm sorry. I don't care what he says. I love Israel. And I also said for months, and I was right, just a matter of time before he completely turns his back on the Israelis. He's not there yet. But believe me, pauses and ceasefires. And now yesterday, publicly, publicly criticizing Netanyahu and telling Netanyahu to change his government and be more careful. How do I say this nicely, uh, Bill O'Reilly? Hey, Joe Biden, F you. Well, he's walking a line. That's what he's doing because of his progressive base. It's all politics. And Joe Biden doesn't know anything about the Middle East. I mean, he just doesn't know. He, He just says what they tell him to say. Blinken knows. Now, they have one point that, that's valid, the Biden administration. The world wants to turn against Israel. They, you know, we've said people believe what they want to believe. The world in general wants to turn against Israel. And they were going to turn against Israel, Bill, no matter how. Well, that, that's Israel probably did. true. But what Biden is telling Netanyahu is don't make it easy for them. Now, it's absurd on its face in the sense that this is a war. You've got they're trying to kill the Hamas leadership, just as I wrote in Killing the Killers that Trump did to ISIS. He just killed every leader they had, the Trump administration, and that wiped out ISIS. That's what Netanyahu is trying to do with Hamas. It's the same strategy: decapitate the leadership. In order to do that, you have to go into where the leadership is hiding. So that's what this is all about. But do you think Joe Biden understands that? (laughs) Come on. He's so proud of Hunter that he really can't understand anything else. I'll tell you what. If my kid kid did what Hunter Biden did, he'd be hanging from a tree by his ankles in the front yard. Uh, Of course. I told this story, and and I hate bringing up my past. It bothers Danielle. But... But but it makes sense here, and that is when I had my difficulties with uh, substance abuse, my father actually came once to visit me in rehab in, in a horrible place, mind you, Warnersville, Pennsylvania. And my father loved me like you love Spencer, like I love Gabe. He was a great father, not a good father, a great father. I got to tell you, when he sat there in the room with me at rehab, I don't know, Bill, I'm going to bet he wasn't very proud. No, but he wanted you to succeed so he could be proud. True, true. So parents have an obligation, and again, this is very important for everybody listening to WABC right now. They have an obligation to love their children no matter what. But you as a parent have to do the right thing, and enabling your child to destroy him or herself is not the right thing. You've got to dig in and say, this is who we are. And a lot of parents won't do it because they want to be their friend. Or this or that is a million excuses about why Hunter Biden did what he did. Hunter Biden's a Nepo kid, okay? It, it, what he should have been doing is what his brother did. Yeah. 
Bo Biden. Yeah, God bless him. Who's there somebody to be proud of. Yes. Yes. He was so proud of his own brother, ended up having sex with his brother's wife. I mean, you talk about, I mean, he's oh, done, God. I mean, I, I, Bill, I, I, he's done some really creepy stuff. No, it I mean, doesn't end. I know. It really doesn't end. And you know what? Joe Biden, uh, President Biden, I'm going to predict, because we're coming to the end of the year, this is going to get a lot worse for him. This is not going to get better for him. And next year, election year, I mean, Joe Biden is going to, I don't think he's going to be on the ballot. And this is going to be part of it. Well, it wouldn't surprise me. It has been. Uh, it's terrible already. So if it gets a lot worse, uh, it would mean the end, yes. And unfortunately, this is the end of this conversation. I could talk to you all day because you're the best. You're brilliant. You're a genius. And I love you. So thank you for doing this. And, and sure. pro- before we, we go, though. next week? Are you in next week? Yes, I have one more week next week. Uh, okay, next Friday. So I'll, uh, I'll do that. I Just a real quick one. to end on a happy note. BillOReilly.com Christmas store. No spin elves standing by. Unbelievable <laughs> no stuff. spin elves. All right. And the elves, you know, they want to hear from you. Just go to BillOReilly.com. Great gifts. We have the bundle of all 13 killing books. And then Killing the Witches, of course, massive bestseller. So anyway, have a great weekend. And uh, always always fun talking with you, Sid. Thank you. You too, Bill. I love you. Thank you, pal. That is a great gift, by the way. All 13 killing books. I want that. Danielle, I want that. Go to BillOReilly.com. I mean that. I really want that. All 13 killing books. You get it right now for Hanukkah and Christmas at BillOReilly.com. we got to take a break. We're going to come back with the fourth and final hour. This guy got into all kinds of trouble last week because he texts, like I would with you guys, with the head coach of the Jets. Yes, WFAN legend Joe Beningo makes his return. My former partner, the sitting friends, have to know him with the news. Shoutouts from Donald Trump on Saturday night at Cipriani Wall Street. He's Sid Rosenberg. You know that, Sid, right? There is a slight difference. If you want, we can talk about it, but let's not bore the audience. And this. I could be indictment proof right now. I don't think they can do it, Sid. I don't think they can do it. Is Sid and Friends in the Morning. We let people run with whatever they want to run with. I didn't leave home till I was 28. And I bought my house that I live in before I owned DeVito Plumbing because me and my wife both stood home and saved money. It's just a smart thing to do. And as Italians, I never want my kids to leave. I mean, it's really not only an Italian thing. We're the happiest when they were coming home from college. The house is full of life when they're home. The dynamics are great. We bust each other's chops all day long. And it's just great to have them home. And what parent wouldn't do that? If they really knew Tommy, he is borderline OCD on his 
preparation for the day. Everything's on the magic marker board, time. He's so independent. Lived alone for six years. When we was coming home, I said, we don't know what city you're going to play in. Of course, you're going to stay here. Right. And then see where the chips fall. Sure. And right now, it's rock star life for him. Awesome. He's head spinning around on the swivel that he needs our family more than ever. And credit to his brother has been his right-hand man through everything, and my wife as well. I'm in the fumble, this the one across the hall. If you don't answer, I'll just bring it off the wall. I know he's there, but I just That was the pride of Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Tom DeVito Sr. on this show yesterday. See, you don't got to work at the fan to get the best sports guests in town. I get them. Tommy DeVito's father, what a terrific guy. That was a great 20-minute conversation yesterday. He's the pride of Cedar Grove, New Jersey. Later on tonight, me and Lou Rafino, we're going to be in uh, Woodbridge, New Jersey, at the uh, the jewelry outlet, making an appearance with Ernie Anastas and Frank Morano, Sid and Lou in Woodbridge, New Jersey. And now we're going to Joe Beningo, who used to be um, the Sada River. I, I don't know where, what is the exact town Joe B., you live in right now in New Jersey. You know what? You, you're really dropping the ball. I, I live in Mawa, New Jersey. Couple oh, I love things it. Here, Sid, before we get anywhere, number one, yeah. Blondie to set me up. So you got a whole New Jersey, you know, whole Jersey thing there. Blondie <laughs> from Union City. <laughs> then you got Tommy DeVito's father. Right? You got that going. <laughs> now you got me on. And of course, Don, who you know, we got it was is up here at Bedminster when he's not at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> and 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 let me and let me throw this in too. Okay, I hear now. I don't know. I don't know. There's a lot of different names being bandied around for Don's VP. Yeah. Maybe Sid Rosenberg. <laughs> now, if that happens, let me just say this. If you wind up being a VP, Don wins the election, yeah. you got to give me an invite to the inauguration. Oh, right? an invite? I'll give you some cabinet seat somewhere. I don't know. There's got to be. I don't want to be on the cabinet. What about, what about? My the, wife what, and I would like to be at the inauguration. Well, you'll be, a, you, you may be there anyway, but, uh, and to be all kidding, all kidding aside, but, but, uh, wouldn't you want to be like the White House communications director or something like that? And, no, I, no, huh? no, no, I don't want to be anything like that. I just, <laughs> I, I just want to see Don president again. That's it. That's well, pretty much it. Bro. We are working on it. It looks great. The poll number is coming back. He's winning yeah. in Michigan. He's winning in Georgia. He's got Georgia, double digit yeah, leads. Yeah. He's, yeah. Ki- he's, he's killing it. The primary is over. Anybody who tries to sell you Haley or DeSantis, don't even bother engaging them. And uh, right now he's killing Biden. And Biden had a very, very brutal day yesterday with his son Hunter there on Capitol Hill. So it all looks uh, pretty good, Joe Beningo. But talking about stardom, hanging yeah. out with the president, blah, blah, blah. I don't go into specifics because I promise you I wouldn't. But the last couple of weeks, I mean, I, I listen, you've admitted you're friends with the jet coach. You golf together, blah, blah, blah. Right. Uh, but the last couple of weeks, I mean, there have been people that have defended you like me. I don't care if you're friends with the guy. There are others who I think surprised you who did not defend you. It's been a crazy couple of weeks, yes? Well, yeah, I, I will say this, though. I mean, with all the craziness, what happens, they go out there and play their best game of the year last weekend. You know, I mean, Zach yeah. Wilson acts, looks like Patrick Mahomes for a day. So, <laughs> yeah, so with all that, you know, maybe all this the insanity that's swirling, Sid, you know, maybe the calm is changing a little bit. Who knows? Uh, be careful. You said that, you know, uh, one win does not make a season. In fact, no, all, of course not. I mean, in fact, not, but uh, I mean, what know, I, I mean, with all the tumultuous nonsense that was going on yeah, for yeah. a couple for that week, 
I mean, they did play a, a pretty good game last Oh, week. they played a great game. But the day yeah. after Zach Wilson plays a great game, and how funny is it that talking about being maligned, the Giant quarterback and the Jet quarterback both win yep. their respective offensive players of the week this week in their conferences. But literally, Joe, the day after Zach has this great game, I read that the Jets have already promised Zach they're going to trade him at the end of the season. Can you confirm or deny that? No, I have no idea whether that's going to happen or not. Uh, my my question, my deal is this, Sid. Right now, they got four games left to play. Uh, I don't buy that Rodgers is coming back. I mean, there's been a rumor that he's going to play against Washington. I don't buy that. Uh, so we're going to see Zach the last four games of the year. Let's see. Let me see what he does. I, I'm not. I wouldn't be making any determinations until the year's over. That's me. Uh, how do you feel about this uh, Aaron Rodgers being medically cleared? I mean, look, you guys are not going to make the playoffs. And right. if by some miracle you do, you're not going to win more than one game. You know, I remember like Chad Pennington with Miami against the well, Baltimore Ravens. The I mean, but, well, let's be. I mean, look, they're going to have to run the table to do that. I, I, they're probably that's probably not happening. Right. Uh, if Rodgers could, I will say this: Sid, if Rodgers can play, I want to see him. Really? Yeah. What, but Absolutely. what if he gets hurt again? He's out all of you next know what? year. I can't worry about that. If 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 I can't worry about that anymore. You know what? If he could play and he wants to play and he's medically no, cleared to play, let him no, play. No, wait till next year. It's stupid. I mean, uh, you're right. I mean, you play these games, you get paid to play, not to sit down. If you're healthy, right. you should play. But the whole jet, the whole team, from your friend, the head coach, to the GM, to maybe the fan base, it's all on the line next year. You need Rodgers healthy week one. And you can't do anything to impede that at the end of what's going to be a losing season. Anything. Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Because I, I, I think if something ha- if he's going to get hurt, he's going to get hurt again, whether it's this year or next year. But, Joe, what's and, the upside? And the one thing, well, but the one thing it would do, yeah. it, would, it would force them to draft a quarterback this year. Because I, I think that's something they need to do anyway. Because yeah. Yeah. even with Rodgers next year, okay, right. Right. for the first time in how many, how many first-round quarterback drafts, would this quarterback who they would draft this year – actually be sitting for a year. How about that? You know, I agree with you there. That's actually very smart. That's why Joe Beningo is a legend. I agree with you there. The Jets do need to look at the quarterback position. Now, again, I brought you in with a quote from uh, Tom DeVito Sr. on this show yesterday. And just a month ago, just a month ago, looks like Daniel Jones. He may be right. done with the Giants. Tyrod Taylor is too old. He gets hurt. DeVito can't play. The Giants need to look for a quarterback. But now... After the last four weeks, three straight wins and a really good game against the Packers on Monday night. Now I'm going to these giant websites. They think Tommy DeVito may be the future for the Giants. What do you think? Uh, I got to see more. Uh, you know, he hasn't exactly beaten the powerhouses of the league. You know, they got two games left with Philadelphia before the year's over. They got a tough game coming up with, with the Saints, who are in a uh, you know, life and death battle in their crummy division. Uh, with Atlanta and Tampa for that division championship. Right, NFC so, South, yep. Yeah, so i got to see more. You know, i got to see more. Look, it's been a great story. DeVito's played great. I tell you, I give a lot of credit. To me, a lot of credit goes to Brian Dable, who I think does a fabulous job with quarterbacks. I really do. And I think that's a big part of it. I think Tommy DeVito's in the right situation with the right coach to get the most out of him. I really do. Now, what about Barkley? Have you seen enough from Saquon to give him big money at the end of the year? I don't know. I'm, I don't know what they're going to do with Barkley, bro. I mean, they could franchise him again. Uh, you know, I mean, we all know how to, and I think it's ridiculous, but we all know how the running back position has been, has been uh, devalued in the NFL. 
I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 that Barkley's coming back. That's how I feel about that. Let me talk to you about the, uh, the NFC on top, though, because you got three teams kind of vying between the Eagles, right. Dallas, and the Niners. Now, the Eagles have gone south. Even games they've won the last couple of weeks, right. they haven't looked good. Dallas is playing the best football maybe in Dak Prescott's career. And the Niners, to me, look like the best team in football. I think Purdy beating the Eagles a couple of weeks ago says, mm-hmm. hey, I can beat that team. What do you see when you look at the very top of the NFC? Well, I think they're the three best teams in football. Okay, I think the AFC overall is a better conference. I think it's you know there's more you know good teams in the AFC, but I think the three best teams in the league are. are and you hit it on it. I think I think clearly San Francisco is the best team. I mean, when they're 100 percent healthy, they've killed everybody. You know, yeah. they went to Philly, they blew them out. They blew the Cowboys out early in the year. That game was in San Francisco. They went to Jacksonville and blew the Jaguars out. They blew the Seahawks out in Seattle. So I, I, I think clearly they're, they're the best team in football. I think Dallas is number two. I think the Eagles are probably the next team. I think they're kind of – remember one thing, the two games the Eagles lost, they lost to Philadelphia, I mean to uh, San Francisco and Dallas. Right, I mean, So they right. lost to the two teams I think are better than them. Uh, and then I, So I think Philly's that third team. And then probably the Ravens. And even though they've kind of you know, hit a little bit of a skid here, the, the Chiefs, I wouldn't discount. Uh, uh, so you, you like Kansas City more than Miami? Oh yeah, Miami's a fraud. No defense, right? No defense. Miami's a fraud. Right. You right. saw it the other night. They yeah. beat nobody yeah. with a winning record. True. You saw it against yeah. Tennessee. They blew that two touchdowns. Oh, but, 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 but what about what about Buffalo? Buffalo's playing good football. They got a big win last week. Buffalo, they got to you know they got to play the Cowboys this week. Yeah. You know, uh, they got you know they got another game with the Dolphins. I don't know how much that really means. Uh, we'll see. We'll see about. But they were, well, let's be honest. Buffalo was very lucky to win that game. If this idiot Sedarius Tony doesn't line up, all I time, know, I know, they but lost. I know that. But but uh, good to great football teams get lucky every now and then too, and they just right. got to win. You got to win. So right. let me I ask you, Buffalo. One, by the way, I can't stand. No, I know me either. One more on, on football though. How good is Brock Purdy? I think Brock Purdy's good. Sid, but I think he's in the absolute right situation. I mean, you know, put Zach Wilson with Kyle Shanahan, and let's see what he looks like. Uh, calm down, calm down. No, I'm serious. No, 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 calm put, down. Put Zach Wilson no. with the right no, coaches. No, no, no. Don't say no. No. Put him with the right uh, coaches come on. and let me see what uh, he you, is. You don't got to compare Brock Purdy to Joe Montana, but please don't tell me Zach right. Wilson would win think, every look, game in the same Zach spot. Was, I think if Zach Wilson was coached by yeah. uh, by Shanahan, by Sean McVay, sure. by Andy Reid, by Mike Tomlin, if he was coached by yeah. one of those guys, sure. you'd see a big difference. Did you and Zach Wilson have sex or something? Am I missing something? No, I'm just making a statement. Uh, look, uh, look, the Zach one thing Wilson. about Zach, yeah. okay, yeah. you can't deny the kid don't have to. He has talent. There's no doubt. Limited. He's got a big time arm. Limited talent. He's got escapability. Yeah. I don't think he's ever been coached correct. Oh, that's fair. No, I, I agree with that, but I don't think he's Bob Purdy. Uh, let me go to baseball uh, okay. for a second. <clears throat> yeah, this is the legend uh, Joe Beningo. Nobody better. WFAN joins me, which is really great. Uh, Soto goes to the Yankees. He, right. You know, now there's no more excuses. I had Dog on last week. Nobody hates the Yankees more than Dog, including you. You're a Met fan. He's a Giant fan, but he hates the Yanks, and he's like, right. Sid, I'm sorry. Uh, with Otani now even leaving, he didn't go to Toronto. He didn't go to the American League. Uh, the Yankees—they got to go to the World Series, or, or not only is Boone out, but I think all the Yankee fans will lose all faith in the organization. You got Soto, Judge, and Stanton in the same lineup. That's got to be a World Series team, no? Uh, well, I mean, it, it doesn't have to be. Look, what, what are the problems? Here's the problem: 
And the Yankees, uh, certainly the Soto move is a tremendous move. There's no doubt about it. Here's the problem with baseball now. you got so many layers of play. I mean, look at, look, look at these big teams. The Dodgers win a million games. They get knocked out in the first round. The Braves, they win a million games. They're out in the first round. I mean, it's, it, it's, true. it's tough now. Yeah, it's yeah. tough to get to a world. Look who was in the World Series, Sid, Texas and Arizona. Come on. <laughs> You're right. Now, you make a great point, but at some point, the talent. I mean, you went Otani to a lineup with Mookie Betts and Freddie Reeman. Well, I hate Freddie, boy, you know why? You talk about a team that's this, that's unlikable. How about the Dodgers? I know. Oh, they, I they're, they're unlikable, but, but how oh! – but how? But how good are they going to be, Joe Benigno? Well, they should be great. But let me see them win. Let, 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 they can win 130 games, Sid, and then blow it in the playoffs again. Right or wrong? No, we've seen. You just laid it out perfectly. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're absolutely right. But but there is something that tells me 77, 78, 81. Here we go again. Yankees, yeah. well, Dodgers. So you got so you got Yankees, uh, Dodgers in the World Series for at least let's say three of the next five years. Five of the next five years. Okay. <laughs> I mean, Joe, I want to say our Mets, but now I'm even nervous we're not going to get Yamamoto. Are we going to get uh, him? The Mets are a disaster. You know, let, 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 let's tell it like it is about the Mets, okay? I'm the only guy that did not want any part of this David Stearns. Did David Stearns, let's be honest about what this guy is. David Stearns is a small market general manager, and he's here running the Mets like they're a small market team. That's exactly what the deal well, but, but, is. But how could that happen? How could Steve Cohen worth billions and billions and billions because of dollars? Steve Cohen spent all this money last year on Verlander and Scherzer and all these guys, and it didn't work out, and he couldn't wait to get out from under it and, and you know, uh, cut his losses as 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 best he could. And here's the other thing with Cohen. He's more worried about putting Ferris wheels, okay, <laughs> next to City Field, right? Casinos. Put, putting casinos yeah. next to City Field yeah. than he is about, about his about his team winning a World yeah, Series. Yeah, right. Who the hell, who's he kidding? Right. He did hire uh, former police commissioner Keyshawn Sewell, which I'm very happy about. Uh, but you're right. right. No, he seems to have, uh, his priorities don't seem to be baseball. He spends money, but they don't seem to be baseball. Right. On the way out, Joe Beningo. By the way, Sid, how yeah. could how could they not have even talked to Altani to Mets? I agree. I agree. I mean, it's at least joke. At least Steve Phillips talked to A Rod, right? Is he talked? Right. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that, I didn't know why. Well. A Rod to Mets, but that's another story. <laughs> right. He wanted to sign too. He's told me many times on this show. I didn't know of this. Of that, course he did. He's a diehard Met fan his whole life. Yes. Uh, so finally. In the last 60 seconds of another brilliant conversation. You're so good. Let's not get crazy, sir. No, you are brilliant. You're so good. I believe you're still the best in the business, you and Russo. Uh, Give me this. Give me the odds, the Joe Beningo odds right now. Nothing to do with the Chiefs or the Mets or the Rangers or the best team in, in hockey, I believe. Give me the odds that Donald Trump wins the presidency. I would say right now it is, uh, I'm going to say 60-40 he wins. Oh, I think it's higher. Okay. Okay. I, I'm just, I'm just, his, my biggest concern, I say I don't try. See, no, 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 clearly, clearly you're a Jet fan. Clearly you're a Jet fan. You're so used to losing as a Jet fan, you're afraid to say he's going to win. No, no, I'm not. I think he is going to win. But I gave you 60-40 he's going to win. I didn't say 30-70. And let me say this, though. I'm not Joe Biden will not be the nominee in 2024. You could take that to the bank. No way will it be him. Will you make this comment? Zach Wilson will be a Hall of Famer before Joe Biden. Before Joe Biden is the Democrat choice. Yes. Uh, I think I would say that. Yes. 
don't see any way Biden's running again. I really don't, bro. I, I, I don't see that. I don't know if it's going to be Gavin Newsom. I don't know if it's going to be Michelle Obama. I don't know who. Yeah. But I don't see any way that it's going to be Joe Biden again. I really don't. Well, I got to tell you, everybody that comes on this show, the most brilliant minds, from Donald Trump to Bill O'Reilly, you name it, totally agree with you. Totally. In fact, we're going to talk to a guy named John Cox out in California momentarily who wants to talk about that Newsom-DeSantis debate and what a disaster Gavin Newsom really is. But I love you, Joe. I love when you come on this show. It's really special. Another great appearance. Thank you so much, buddy. Thank you. Sid, you know I love you, bro. I love you, too. Thank you. I really do love this guy. I mean, he was a great radio partner. We had a great show together. He's a super guy off the air. And he's still great. He's still great. Nobody has the knowledge and enthusiasm of Joe. Passion. Yeah, nobody. No. I I mean, I really believe him and Dog are in a completely different place. No disrespect to the Evans and the Brandons and the Sal's, whoever, the Michael K. There's a different stratosphere when it comes to Russo and Beningo. Well, that's you, my opinion. You could listen to Joe for a long right. time. Just keep talking. You know, that's how good he is. And he, he knows about so in. many things. And right. even if he doesn't know about it, he's got such a strong opinion. It's fun. So. Right. That's what you need. And exactly. He's got it. He's Thank you, Joe Beningo. Thank you. We're going to switch gears. I'll talk about uh, Gavin Newsom and more with John Cox right after these words. Friends in the morning, 77 WABC. Funny, just had that sports conversation with Beningo and Fox News right now. You know what they're talking about? Patriots may, in fact, fire Bill Belichick after 24 years. That's what they're talking about on Fox News right now. Oh, I love this song. This is um, something mouse. Modest. Modest mouse. Give me some of this for 30 seconds. I got to get the cocks. You know, I got to thank Mike Dettino. Mike Dettino, who I basically brought here, he's terrific. He's in charge of all the sports here at WABC. You know, he put up a clip on TikTok yesterday of Tommy DeVito Sr., once again, the father of uh, Giants starting quarterback Tommy DeVito, who's won three straight. He put up a clip on TikTok with DeVito talking about his son, the quarterback. It's got over a half a million views already. Half a million already on TikTok, which shows you just what a great story the DeVitos are, how immensely popular I am, and how smart Mike Dino is. Nice time. Uh, we'll talk to John Cox coming up about Gavin Newsom. 77 WABC. This is Sit in Friends in the Morning. No, I get by with a little help from my friends. Oh, good song. Fleetwood Mac. So you just heard Joe Beningo. He doesn't think that Biden will be the nominee. O'Reilly has said it on this show. And uh, I was with Donald Trump Saturday night. 
and in front of a thousand people, he said the same thing. None of these people believe Joe Biden's going to make it. Then you go, well, then who's it going to be? Especially if Obama doesn't run, Michelle. Well, Gavin Newsom. Well, I don't know how it could be Gavin Newsom. He, you know, he destroyed them. I mean, California was a mess anyway. Let's be honest. My friend Arnold didn't do a great job either. But whatever was left of California, Newsom destroyed. And he wasn't exactly impressive in that debate against DeSantis a couple of weeks ago. John Cox just wrote the book, The Newsom Nightmare, The California Catastrophe and How to Reform Our Broken System. Here he is live from Cali, John Cox. John, good morning, buddy. How are you? Great. Great to be with you, Sid. It was also great to hear Joe. Boy, what a character. And I have to say, I agree with him, and I agree with you. I don't think uh, Biden is going to be the nominee. I think he's going to take his delegates to Chicago in August and let him loose and see what happens and do some plans to be part of that picture. No, he's definitely part of the picture. I mean, look, again, governor of a big state, good-looking guy, no doubt about it. Used to be married to Kimberly Kilboyle and, you know, speaks well. He, he's he got some charisma, not as much as Trump, but he's got some. So of all their possible choices, he's probably better than Harris or Buttigieg or God who even knows. But the truth is, when you look at the political job he's done in the state of California, which you know as well as anyone, John, how could this guy be president if he couldn't run one state? Well, take a look at my book, uh, Sid. You'll see uh, on item after item, uh, Newsom has totally mismanaged the state of California. But you know what he does really well? He vacuums up every dollar he can from all the interest groups that run California, the public sector unions, the trial lawyers, the environmental lobbyists, the healthcare industry. At the same time, he's got huge support from the media. And why? Because, as you know, the media is in love with abortion on demand. They love gun control, even though it doesn't work, because criminals don't care about uh, laws. And they uh, are all about climate change. Even though China and India are polluting the world, we end up paying huge amounts for gasoline and electricity. So, you know, Newsom gets the, the, the control of the media there. And that's how he's consolidated control. And that's why California is screwed up. Uh, the education system is a joke. Shortages of housing, energy, water, crime out of control. Uh, wildfires threaten everybody. There's no response from government for that. Uh, the roads are horrendous. Homelessness has risen under Newsom. Uh, yep. It's a disaster. And i got to tell you, the book makes it clear, Sid, that if Newsom were to be elected president, he would take California's problems national yep. and make it worse. Uh, right. So, you know, let's. what we should talk about is a solution to this whole mess, and that's what our, the book is about as well. The Newsom nightmare, the California catastrophe and how to reform our broken system. I mean, I live in New York, and we've got the same problems you've got, obviously. Los Angeles and New York are almost mirror images at this point. And uh, no surprise, run by Democrats, Democrat mayors, Democrat governors, just a complete mess. But I got to tell you, and I'll be back in Los Angeles next month because I'm also, I do some acting, and I uh, shot a couple of movies out there, and we're shooting one, like I said, in L.A. next month. The last time I was there, it was worse than New York. I mean, the homeless, you guys got tents all over the place. I saw people shooting up in the streets. The crime, I mean, your, your nice uh, department stores, the Gucci's, the Nordstrom's, in San Francisco, they've been closing almost weekly. So all the problems we've got here, and they are immense. They are immense. You've got the same ones, and it seems worse. And, and 
So what do you do about it, Sim? That's the question. And, and of course, that's what the book lays out. New York is just like California. Why the special interests and the media control the voters? The voters have checked out because they don't feel like they have a say. What the book lays out is a, is a new structure for our politics called Hear the People. And you can find out about it at hearthepeople.org. That's one word all together, hearthepeople.org. What this does, Sid, is it gets the voters back and it gets big media and special interests out of our politics. And how does it do that? It subdivides congressional districts into 100 little sub-districts of 7,500 people each. If elections are that tiny, where it's only a district of 7,500 people, guess what? Good sense can win. It won't be the big money. It won't be big media. It's individual voters who will have a say. They'll get to elect their representative. What ends up happening is that those 100 people elected in these little tiny districts, they get together and they decide on one of those 100 to go to Washington to be in the House of Representatives. The other 99 stay home. Sid, what this does is it gets politics back to individual voters, takes the big media power out, takes the special interests out of the picture, puts the voter back in. You know, Newsom and Hochul have that in common. They yeah. get elected by big media and special interest groups. We've got to get the people back in charge. And this structure is the way to do it. And that's what the book talks about, in addition to making the point that Gavin Newsom nor Kathy Hochul should ever be president of the United States because our problems would be way, way worse. They shouldn't be president of the local Columbus Club. Are you nuts? The Newsom, <laughs> the Newsom nightmare, the California catastrophe and how to reform our broken system. And John Cox, I love the solution. I really, really do. And you're right, the big media, the special interest groups, they are killing us. But, but, what about political affiliation? For example, I've got a good friend. His name is Scott Bayo. Scott Bayo was very, very famous. Scott. You love Scott. I know Scott. Right. He, he, Scott. he left California not that long ago and moved to Florida because he no longer yeah. wanted to live in a blue state. He wanted to go to Ron DeSantis' estate. He's not the only actor friend I've got that's done that. He's now one of three acting friends that I've got that left L.A. and went to Florida. So very simply, how do you get Democrats Democrats to come to the crashing realization that Gavin Newsom, Kathy Hochul, Joe Biden, all they do every single day is make our best states worse and they're destroying our country. How do we do that? Listen, Democrats believe that our schools should be better. No, I don't think there's any Democrat who would agree logically that a third grade teacher should get tenure. How stupid is that, right? I mean, tenure, tenure is for college professors to protect them from political reprisal. It's not for incompetent. It's not to protect incompetent sixth-grade teachers. So you know what? If we had elections, Sid, that were door-to-door, -door, where people could actually logically decide these issues, they wouldn't think that giving tenure to a fifth-grade teacher is a smart idea, nor – would they think that giving a defined benefit pension to a public sector worker is a good idea? Think about this. In California, Sid, a, a police officer can retire at age 52 
with 90% of their salary guaranteed for their entire life. That's great. They, they, they retire and they get another career and the taxpayers are on the hook. And I love our police. I love our fire, but that is unaffordable. Right, fiscally, right. That, right that's right, fiscally uh, irresponsible. You're right. Can I ask you something personally before we end this conversation? The book, again, is a newsome nightmare, the California catastrophe and how to reform our broken system. And please don't be offended. I don't know much about you, but uh, Kelsey Merritt, who used to work at the uh, the publishing company, which did my book, uh, Citizens United last year. She was the one who got me on Jesse Waters all these times on Fox News. She reached out to me and said, talk to this guy, John Cox. And now I did. And you are very, very, very impressive and, and obviously very, very smart. Have you run for office in California? Yes, I ran against Newsom. I was the Republican nominee. Oh, I, you're I, kidding. Well, why did you I, lose, I, you son of a gun? Well, <laughs> come on. It was the media... And it was $100 million that Newsom raised. I raised $11 million as an unknown in California to fight this guy. And he raised $100 million from his cronies in the unions and the environmental groups and the trial lawyers. And he, and, he, and he wouldn't debate me. He wouldn't debate these issues, Sid. All he would talk about was abortion, guns, climate change, and gay marriage. The media went along with that. And they ignored all these other problems, the high taxes in California, the spending that's out of control, the overregulation, the homelessness. They ignored the whole thing, and they let them cruise to a victory. And that's the problem in 2024 or 2028 when Newsom runs for president. The media is going to give him a free ride. Mm. We, we've got to make sure the rest of the country knows how dangerous this guy is. He is Joe Biden with good looks and actually can talk. That's, <laughs> so, that's, that's a disaster. That's well said. Joe Biden with good looks and can actually talk. Well, listen, you're terrific. You really are. And I wish you won. But write books and come on these radio, my radio show and do TV shows. And what you're doing is, uh, is a very, very big help. This was a great job, John Cox. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sid. Thanks for having me on. And let's get this message out and... Go to Amazon, the night, Newsome Nightmare, and go to hearthepeople.org. We've got to get a solution to this problem. Hearthepeople.org and go to Amazon, the Newsome Nightmare, the California catastrophe and how to reform our broken system. My new friend, John Cox. Thank you, John. That'll wrap it up uh, for today, right, Lewis? We're done. Great job, as always, by the genius Lurafino. There is no better board op slash producer slash sidekick in the world. Uh, Justin Ellick, great job. Thank you, Justin. Noam Layden. God willing, as my buddy Gene will say, we'll all be back for a 6 a.m. Friday show. We're down to six shows now before we take off till 2024. You can catch me later on tonight at the Jewelry Exchange in Woodbridge. Me, Ernie Anastas, and uh, Frankie, Frankie Morano. Woodbridge, New Jersey. That be the place tonight, folks. Hope to see you there. Till tomorrow. Peace. If you 
own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.